Um, are we live yet? We are. Oh, all right. We're going to be answering along and not even realizing it. We live, baby. Um, all right. So, Josh probably doesn't know much of the story. No, I actually don't. Other than like a, a very brief little bit of information that I gave you. It's been a very fast moving do, week. Instead of letting you guys just look in my ass, you can see who's talking and we'll go back and forth from there. All right. So, here's what's going on. I have uh, Flex Wheeler, one of the greatest bodybuilders of all time. Many people say the best bodybuilder to never win the Olympia. Uh, and there was a lot of years that there was a lot of controversy over him not winning the Olympia. But there happened to be a guy named Ronnie Coleman that was really damn good. He was good. He right. was really damn good. So there, there, we'll always be able to have that debate, you know. And, and It's like the uh, Bruce Lee. Well, no, because he actually whooped my ass. Bruce Lee never fought Muhammad Ali. Oh, there you so go. Got there you mind. go. Say it. Well, there, there, there's a lot of people who say that the 90s was the, the, the greatest era of bodybuilding. I, I am one of those people. That's what really got me hooked on bodybuilding. And so when somebody from that era, who happens to be one of the most famous people from that era, Flex Wheeler, reaches out to you, it's, it's going to get your attention. So I, I actually got a call from Flex Wheeler. And it, it, at first, I was pretty like shocked that I was even getting a call from Flex Wheeler. And uh, who gave you my number? Uh, Don De La Rosa. Oh, yes, John De La Rosa after uh, the show in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. So my reaction was, was, was pretty funny. I'll, I'll always remember this moment. I, I, my reaction to him saying it's Flex Wheeler, I said, like the bodybuilder flesh wheel, actually. Um, sure enough, it was him, and we started talking about uh, this young man who's sitting next to me, Keon Pearson. And I already knew who Keon was because I uh, sponsored the Tampa Pro, and we had a booth there, and I went to that show. I, I like to go to the, the shows that I are you know within driving distance, and that's actually the first show that I ever had a booth at. So I always, I I always give back to that show. And um, I actually thought that Keon should have won. And I think I may have told him that. And I told him, um, you know, that he had a, had a bright future ahead of him. And I did not realize that he had actually DM'd me um, more than once a bunch of pictures of himself introducing himself. And uh, you want to talk about that? You can say whatever you want. It's not going to hurt my feelings. Well, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I've been hitting PJ for a long time, sending him random pictures because I thought that's the best way to grab the attention. When you say random pictures, what do you mean by that? <laughs> well, random picture as in updates. Okay. You okay. know what I'm saying? Nothing yeah. like that, y'all. Right. But, yeah, man, so just trying to grab his attention. I felt like when you're in prep, when you're looking shredded and stuff, that's the best time to actually market yourself better because you look like something at the time. And I'm here now, so that's all that matters. But <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so now we're He's taking it very nicely. What he's not saying is that I blew him off. But I didn't do it on purpose, guys. And I, I always <coughs> tell you all the time, I get so many DMs and I get backed up on them. It's hard to get to all of them. And it's, it's never on purpose. Sometimes people will, will respond to me and they'll be like, what the fuck? I asked you this, excuse my language, four weeks ago. And to me, if you respond to me like that, then I'm not going to respond to you at all anymore. You know, I, I do the best that I can to get to them. And um, so before we even get into how... Flex then brought you into my life. Why don't you give everybody, I want everybody to understand, you know, your, your history first, because you're pretty new to the scene. Okay, so well, I started competing in 2016. Did my very first show, um, Georgia Championship, did Classic Physique, uh, got first place. After you that. first at your first show? Yeah. Yes. After that, I was I like. Did anybody help you train for that show? No, all me. Um, after that. How hard did you diet? I want to know. How hard? Yeah. I was eating yellow rice and shit. So it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't too How about, do you have any yellow cake in there? No yellow cake. All right, so you're not, on the, Ronnie, you're not on the Ronnie Coleman cornbread level. No, no, no. So 
Yeah, I was just pretty much eating what I thought it was clean. Um, after that, I did my second show, Lee Haney, maybe three months prior to that. Got first place in middleweight bodybuilding. Still didn't have no coach. Uh, still Googling shit, trying to learn it. Um, asking. How much did you weigh at that show as a middleweight? Uh, 164. Okay, so you had 10 pounds to work with in that class. Move the mic a little closer to his mouth. Yep, 164. So after that, um, went to the gas station one day. <coughs> right after the Lee Haney, my dad was like, uh, yeah, my son just won the Lee Haney, blase, blase. And not going to say her name, but she said, they're going to eat you alive on that the national stage. You're too small. I was like, okay, cool. Three months later, went to Junior USA, 23 guys in my class, first national show, and uh, got my pro card, turned pro. No coach still. Just had guidance, just asking people around, using Google. And then that's when I actually got a coach for my pro debut. I took a year off. <laughs> and then I did um, Tampa Pro, and I got second place. All right, so this is where I – So, uh, wait, it took you how many shows to hit second place? Yeah, quick. No, uh, what? His first pro show, he got second. So he had what three shows under his belt? Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't. It was your first pro show, but your third actual show Ever. that you got second place in the first three. You got first place. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like they were really eating you alive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that girl. That girl obviously knew what <coughs> she, she was talking about. She didn't know anything. Um, fuck that girl, by the way. So, uh, excuse my language. So now, all right. So now we're gonna fast forward to to Flex Wheeler, who, like like I said, everyone knows who Flex Wheeler is, so I'm going to listen to him, at least for a minute. I did want to ask, I'm not sure if I missed in the beginning, how old are you? I'm 23. Okay. Oh, tell them how old you were when you started bodybuilding. Uh, probably, I just turned, I was like in the middle of 21 years old, so it's been about so a year and a half so far. You've been training for a year and a half? Well, for bodybuilding training, three years, yeah, that's it. It's incredible. Absolutely. Guys, phenomenal. please don't give up when you when you listen to this. Yeah, yeah that, that right there. <laughs> I make products to speed the process up. That's it. That's what this is all about. Yeah. So That's incredible. I, I don't even know what other words to say that's like I don't even understand that in my mind. That got to be the shortest duration I know of. Ever. Yeah, very very short. And to have such a quality. Yeah. Like muscle maturity at what I would perceive as muscle maturity at such a young age is like very impressive. It's all about how you train. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Obviously. So, the kid has just a truly just gift, you know, as if they called, you know, Phil Heath the gift. This kid is is a true genetic gift. And he did a, a hell of a job with not a whole lot in his corner. No, no sponsor. Um, he did eventually get himself a coach, but he was doing a lot on his own. And then he gets to meet Flex Wheeler. And so tell everybody how you guys met. Um, started from Instagram. I maybe started messaging him probably after the Lee Haney or so, going to my national show, sending him pictures, uh, checking pictures on his DM. He didn't really respond back either. I, mean, I know he did a lot <laughs> of Out messages. of curiosity, how many people were you sending pictures to DMs and how many responded? Shit, everybody. How many were below the waist? A lot of people blew it off. A lot of people blew off on that. But um, kept sending him pictures and finally he started you know sending me like a thumbs up or you look good bro or mm -hmm. you know i'm like hey watch out for me and then the last message that did it was i was probably like a few weeks out from tampa pro i was like look bro i'm gonna be at tampa pro i'm gonna show you how it's done like blase 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 just watch out for me so you know who i am he's like okay brother i'll be there <laughs> and then boom you know met him in the lobby we just started chopping it up and went from there 
All right, so I'm setting the stage for you guys because I get this phone call. Um, and somehow all these years, I've never really had a true conversation with Lex Wheeler. And I've had a conversation with just about everybody else at this point. And um, if, if you're not that into bodybuilding and somehow you still watch our podcast and you need a better explanation of what all this just means, the best way I could break it down for you is if like Michael Phelps was born with webbed feet and then was trained by Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, basically. That's a great analogy. If you if you don't really know like the powers that be here, that's the pretty much the equivalent of what you're working with. That's a hell of an analogy. It's very accurate. So um webbed feet. I like Flex tells me how good that he, he feels the kid is and that he is so impressed with him that he is going to take him under his wing and coach him and mentor him for free because he believes in him that much. And um, that you just blew it for all my other kids that are, are paying me big money, but it's all good. <laughs> we can maybe edit that part out of my apologies. <laughs> we can do a quick. My apologies. It does really? make it makes no for a great story. Yeah, it's true. Go for it. Um, we've we've edited it out worse. Now, I've, had, I've, I've, I've had a couple of people. Uh, actually, I've had more than a couple of people that I've trained for free because I believed in them, them too. Um, and you know that's just showing that he loves the sport and believes in the sport, and he had people that. You know, we're there for him when he was young and he wants to pay it forward. So I am not going to go against Flex Wheeler's word, whether I know him or not, simply because I know who he was as a bodybuilder. And because of that, I believe him because he would be seriously damaging his reputation or his credibility by lying about somebody like this. So I said, well, if that's the case, then I'm going to have to get this kid down here ASAP. But I need you to come down here, too. Um, and that was about a month ago. And so I told Keon, I'm like, I know you're excited, but you're gonna have to be very quiet until I can get Flex Wheeler down here. And he's a busy man, but I'm gonna get him down here as soon as, as I can. And we're going to make some history with this. And that is, that is essentially what we're, we're setting out to do now. So you guys have trained a lot down here and, um, you, you, you had not trained with Flex yet, correct? Um, we have yes. once he had came down to Georgia, we trained some chess and that's when he introduced me to the six sets of 20 so anybody that's listening six sets of 20 will kick your ass so so before you were being trained by flex tell us a little bit about how you trained um i still did a lot of high volume a lot of heavy weight i always like to increase my weight each um set but I, I, I was learning that i wasn't contracting the right way doing the full range of motion and that's when i just figured out i need to lighten the weight up my reps but be able to contract it at the same time. Now, when you had that first workout with those high reps, what did you think? Uh, it sucked. Um, <laughs> I literally did 135 on bench, um, 50 pound dumbbells. It was literally no weight, just so, it felt heavy. So you got a crazy when, pump though. Right. Yeah. That's when you started the six sets of 20? Exactly, and I and felt like you don't need to go heavy to get that pump. I probably, I got the pump on my second set. Okay, so I, you just said you know you like to increase weight every right. set. So when you first started, you couldn't do that. Yeah, you just right. did the same weight through all six sets. Right. All right, that's what I'm gonna do today. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm loving about this is <coughs> a lot of people are gonna listen to this and it's gonna it's gonna screw with their heads because they're gonna be on the treadmill changing the shit that they're about to go do. <laughs> now I I I whenever I train somebody down here. The comments in the YouTuber are, are always like, why does PJ do these easy workouts with them? And they're not. You'll hear the people always say, PJ's workouts are so hard. 
because you guys all think that you have to lift as heavy as you possibly can when you go to the gym. For, for starters, heavy is a relative term. Mm. Um, and I explained it actually on my last Q&A. I explained the difference mentally between preparing yourself to lift something one time versus 20 times. Because lifting something one time really heavy, which is what most powerlifters do, it simply requires a lack of fear. Hmm. Where you look at that weight and you say, I'm going to move this fucking weight. And you try to do it. And either you do it or you Fuck don't. Fuck this weight. I'm moving either it. Either you do it or you don't. <laughs> but when you're trying to do something 20 times as hard as you possibly can, you mentally have to get to a point where you know, okay, this is going to burn really bad. I'm going to be out of breath. But how much more can I really do? Because you might be able to do 25. You might only be able to do 17 at failure. I'd rather see you fail at 17 than go, go on and do 25. Because that means you just haven't, haven't put a weight on yet that's challenging yourself enough to get that, that 20 rep failure. So when I figured that out way too late after all the injuries, mm. I actually started becoming a much better bodybuilder. And everyone was like, what are you taking now? What are you doing now? You, you're on a lot more Six steroids. 20. And I, it wasn't necessarily that I was doing, you know, four sets or five sets or six sets. It was that I started getting into 20 reps, 25 reps sometimes. The lowest I would usually do is, is 15. But I tried to fail somewhere in that range. And I, I did a, a number of sets figuring the weight out. So it was a lot of volume, but it, it started to round me out a lot more when I did that. So this, this guy is figuring it out thanks to Flex at 23 years old. So yeah. a little bit earlier, you talked about muscle maturity. So if he has this much maturity now, it's going to be very interesting to see. He's already cut out this whole learning phase of what I believe is truly the right way to train. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't mix it up and do other things you know, when you feel like it, sometimes it's okay to go in there and, and do sets of five and six. I don't think that you should do it when you're training for a show. Um, but, you it's, know, being that far ahead of the curb, now, now you can, in my opinion, accelerate the improvements to your physique. Now, Flex, one of the questions that I had for you that I, I didn't ask you yet this week training, how long did it take you to figure out that, that scheme for the reps with your training? Um, towards the end of my career. So, like with legs, you know, my, my training partner was um, Rico McClinton, who's one of my best friends in the world, and then Chris Cremier was one of my fierce competitors that we competed against. We always did 20s on legs, <clears throat> and we got to the point where, I mean, even putting, you know, 25, 30 plates on there, we could still move it 20 times. And that's <laughs> just the amount of, of just getting the muscle conditioned to be able to do that. So, you know, what I, what I understand now is, you know, they say there's no more than one way of skinning a cat. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's more than one way to get to your house. You can take a number of different streets. So it doesn't mean it's wrong or, or different, but, you know, I just – actually, I started just kind of thinking. Um, I researched, like, um, the uh, speed skaters who just skated on the ring and then also the cyclists. All they do is repetitious, and they have some of the most sick quad, roundest quads mm -hmm. in the world. So – I was like, how could that be? Because they say you can't do a lot of reps. <clears throat> and you look at those guys, and their legs are just full and round and meaty. I'm like, huh, so, okay. And you said something that's really interesting. It's like, my thing is, if I, if I can get mentally dialed in to move this weight, I'm just as equally dialed in as I am going to do a weight that might kill me. So if I put on... 500 pounds on a bench, and I know I need to move this or else it's going to crush me. I got to get to a mental mind state before I move that. If I can create that before I even touch the weight and it's 20, I've done the same thing. Um, so I started looking at that. And then the other thing is, is you can't train a muscle that much because it won't grow. And you look at some of the guys historically in prison, they have some of the most sick fucking chest. I mean, you can, you hear about the <laughs> cocaine on their chest, round big arms. And so I'm like, 
Okay, so that's not actually true. Now, it doesn't mean that it works for everyone, but it proved to me that that worked. And um, I just started utilizing that towards the end of my career with just 20s with everything. And then, you know, that's what I do now with all my athletes and even when I got ready for the Olympia. But one of the biggest things is you're out of breath. And, you know, they came up – it's – it's it's interesting because now people come up with these catchy words of shit that we've been doing for like 20, 30 years and great for them, but it's like kind of like a marketing bullshit. <clears throat> FST7. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, I've been doing that shit for years. Yeah. We just didn't call it back yeah. then. Yeah. Mine happened I mean, to be FST6. FST I fucked up. Yeah. My so mom is like, that's a hashtag. <laughs> I used to play tic-tac-toe on that shit. What do you mean? So, I mean, and back in the days, it was a weeder principle. It's like, no matter what we did, it was a weeder principle. We've been doing this forever. So, um, it just dawned on me that it just worked. And one of my biggest trials was, was when I started training Stan Efferding. So everybody knows who Stan Efferding is. Love He's Stan a white, yeah, uh, white rhino um, that I nicknamed him. And honestly, he told the truth because I couldn't remember his name. So I kept talking. <laughs> but, um, I mean, he's highly, highly educated. And, you know, he was a client and um, obviously super strong. And I had this different analogy of training. And um, it was really challenging. But I said, hey, listen, you know, this is my belief and this, that, and other. And he just looked at me and said, you're a professional, I'm not, so I'll just follow you. And it worked on him. So here you have a guy who's used to moving some big fucking time weight, and he's barely moving, you know, almost like three plates on a leg press, and he's just freaking bent over, about to heave, and he's smiling. I'm like, what are you smiling about? He goes, I love this shit. This mm-hmm. is great. So that's kind of when I figured it, it just works. And now I understand, you know, they have this another catchphrase that is, um, uh, what is it? H, uh, 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 hit interval training. Mm-hmm. So... It's the same thing, basically, yeah. but using bodybuilding. So you lose a certain amount of resistance. Now you don't have to do cardio because you're spent after you finish doing this workout. So you don't have to do this cardio thing. So it kind of just evolved. Like you said, I wish it was something that we knew back in the day. And I wouldn't have had, you know, double, you know, shoulder surgery and back surgery and all this other shit because it just didn't work. When you have quads, you know, back then I had quads of 32 and my waist is 27. Yeah, amazing. That's a lot of damage that's going to go somewhere. But if I was smart enough. And you know what? Let me back up. We actually knew it. We already knew. Okay, so my max was six plates, and I can move it a couple of times uh, back then. We knew back then that if you put 315 on and do 20, you fucking bought the blow up. Your legs are going to be swollen. uh, You're going to be out of breath. You're going to be puking, but we didn't want to do it. So we actually knew it then, but we didn't want to do it. Um, You know, it just it doesn't look fancy. It looks more fancy of putting six plates on there and moving it three times. But now I actually understand you have to be stronger to move that, that weight a multiple of times instead of just one. It's a whole different type of muscularity, mm-hmm. which means you're also building a whole different type of muscle fiber. Yep. I, I, I get so happy when I have other professionals come in here that, that want to you know shoot the shit with me and, and actually are on a similar you know belief as me because – you know, I have been working out for 25 years, you know, so you're an old fuck. <laughs> long yeah. portion of my life. And, you know, the greatest, unfortunately, lessons that I learned were from hurting myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Flex and I were talking about it, how, you know, when I go into the gym now, instead of going in being like, I'm going to kill my back today, I go in and I'm like, I'm going to try to not hurt anything and still have a good workout today. I'm going to try to find a way to do everything I need yeah. to do without making this worse. Yeah, I'm going to the hospital. Now, had, had I known these things... You know, I, it's hindsight is twenty twenty, and and people always ask me if I'm going to come back, and I'm not ever going to compete again. But had I known these things earlier, who knows what, what it would have looked like? Now, now he is twenty three, and he knows these things now. And another thing that that came up through the discussion that we haven't really touched on is because it is so similar to hit training, and he's burning a lot of calories with it. 
Um, Keon, how much cardio are you doing? Uh, zero. Car- uh, my cardio is basically posing. And Flex, do you foresee him having to do cardio anytime soon? No, I don't. I mean, his body's going to tell me. <clears throat> it's going to tell both of us, you know, whether he has to or, right, right, or not. But as of right now, I don't foresee us doing any, and I hope it gets to the point where we don't. But at the end of the day, we'll implement that if it, what it takes to, to win the show. When you were in your prime, were you doing much cardio? Three hours a day, man. I believe it because everybody was doing crazy stuff. Like <clears throat> yeah, three hours a three day. But you know what? What it what it also what it taught me now is we ate too much. Mm. We ate too much damn food. I mean, I used to eat eighty eight ounces of filet mignon, and that's not filet mignon. I used I, I hate steak. I hate that it's it's. I noticed that at shops. <laughs> you ordered a hockey puck. He was ordering it. I was like, might as well just bring it. Before you're out. Excuse me for coughing. I've been sick for a while. But anyway, I can't I can't stand the 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 toughness of it. So I would buy my steak at a, at a um, high-end meat place and then have them put it through the grinder a few times. So it's just mushy. 88 mm. ounces of a filet young a day. I mean, that's just too much. So we had to do cardio. I mean, we trained really hard back then, but we had to implement cardio because we're just putting too much into the tank. And it was had, I had to figure out another way of burning it off. This is very key because I eat way less now. And... It's made me do a lot of thinking about the overeating that we see in the, in the sport. And a lot of times when people talk about the GH bellies, I always explain to them that it's from the excessive eating, not from just taking GH. Like everybody thinks, oh, I don't want to take GH. I'm going to get one of those huge GH bellies. It's got to be a combination of both. I know plenty mm-hmm. of people that take a shitload of GH and they don't have stomachs that look like that. It's, it's the excessive eating over time that many people, they just are growing that portion of their body out too much. And... I think that you obviously have to eat more protein than a normal person if you're training very hard with weights. But there was all kinds of um, debates and studies back in the late 90s and early 2000s. Do you need to have a gram per pound of body weight? Do you yeah, I remember that. Two? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah 1.5 all... per yeah. body weight and all that. But you know what I learned is, listen, you can't take a 7,000-square-foot th- house and put it on a 5,000-square-foot lot. It just <laughs> ain't going to fucking work. <laughs> that's you know? true. Ain't going to work. I know a bunch of dudes trying to do that right now. Um, <laughs> so we, we've got all the... The foundation in place, you know, you're learning. Um, you have the Arnold in 11 weeks. I'm going to be putting out videos of you every week up to, to the Arnold. Like, what's your mindset now when you leave Florida and you go back to Atlanta? Where are you at? What I learned here, I'm going to bring that shit home and just keep knocking it out. Just keep going and keep grinding. Whatever y'all taught me, I'm going to just take it home with me and just get better. What did you think of Blackstone Labs when you got here and we gave you guys a tour? Was it smaller, bigger, different? Like, what did you think of the experience? I'm curious anyway. It's, it's what I expected. It was amazing. Great people. Y'all made me feel like I was home. I try to make everybody feel very welcome uh, when they're here. Um, so you eat- I thought it was small. Did you? Yeah, yeah. but I just figured you, were, I figured you were a grower. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not a shower. <laughs> Not a shower. Uh, <laughs> that's why I'm, I'm very smooth with my angles. Uh, you got to get him go, back on the podcast. This is, I like him a lot. <laughs> Uh, it's all about angles. Uh, oh, so we're, we're at the, the doctor's office yesterday, right? And we wanted to just get some IVs and glutathione. And um, they do a lot at, at the at, So my new doctor, the, the Brazilian Med Spa, I'm going to be doing a lot of videos with them. Great place. The doctor's super hot. The staff looks good, too. <laughs> and um, one of the things they offer is uh, vaginal rejuvenation. What, rejuvenation. Is that what they call it? Yeah. I've always been Reconstruction. I've always, I've always yeah. wondered about that. Yeah. So they offer that there. So so Flex actually asked if they do anything. Or they said they do it for men too. And he goes, will you do reductions? Yeah. And she was like, well, we haven't been asked that. And he was like, you know, I, I could use one. He's like, I'm only, he goes, I'm, I'm only, 
He goes, I'm only three inches. And she made a face, and then he goes, from the floor. Yeah. And you know, there's, a twinkle, there's a twinkle in her eye after that. <laughs> any, any woman who gets a twinkle in her eye right there got to be sick. <laughs> Where, By the way, you? Dr. Brazilia, if you listen to this, this, this podcast, so I don't think you will. But if you Cheers. do, it's all in good fun. Yeah. What were you going to say? Where do you live? <laughs> <laughs> I live in Vegas now. I'm from California. Okay, but yeah, you, yeah no wonder you live in Vegas. Yeah, I live in Vegas. I was going to say, I need to come hang out with you for a oh, weekend. Dude, yeah. come. Oh, dude. It'd be great. It'd be great. Um, Figures you would be at Vegas. <laughs> I just have a weird, dry sense of humor. We no, will, it's great. Um, we'll, we, will, we will do at the end, because I want to. have been saving it for this, because now, now it doesn't matter. You're going home. You can't get mad at me. We'll do some <laughs> stories. We got to get some Flex Wheeler stories from back in the day. Because didn't you do – weren't you doing some sort of, like, personal bodyguarding or something at one point? Yeah. So I know there's got to be some stories from there. I read something online that you either were, like, hanging out or did something with Dr. Dre at one yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. So there's stories that we got to get yeah. to at the end. So I was like, I'm not going to do it the first day. I got three days of this shit. Now I know he's going home. It's like, I can do it now. Like, now the cameras are rolling and we're going to get weird. I want to say before we get into all the questions that – I am there's 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 two things that I'm extremely pleased about right now and it's not that phone ringing over there. Thank Lord you. Have mercy. So you're lucky we love you Claudia. Uh, by the way, Claudia, I don't know if, if you if you've had a chance to meet Claudia. Claudia is one of our videographers. So you could have had cute little Cla- Claudia but you got Eric instead this this week. So gave her a break. Um, so I I was very very pleased cuz you never know when, when you, and I think in not just bodybuilding, any aspect of life, when you have somebody that um, you really uh, look up to in a way, whether it's Michael Jordan, you know, I always loved Michael Jordan. And most people say when they meet Michael Jordan, it's, it's definitely not a disappointment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I had a bad experience when, I've told this, this, this story before, when I met uh, Nicki Minaj, she was a bitch. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was like, I was like, too bad. I was uh, a fan of your music. Now I think you're an asshole. Now, I had so. a bad experience meeting Shaq. You did? Really? Wow. No, yep. I love Shaq. I was a kid, and uh, we were actually on our way up to Orlando, me and my brothers, and we were at an, uh, a rest stop between here and there, and like there was this huge crowd of people around him, and like from a distance, my brother was like, I think that's Shaq. Mm. And he walked past us, and sure enough, had to duck to not hit his head on the sign to go into the bathroom, and my brother was like, go in there and talk to him, go in there. And I was like, all right, so I went in there, and I start washing my hands right, and I'm like, I don't see him, and like I'm not going to start looking at whose shoes are whose, <laughs> so I'm washing my hands, and there's other people at the uh, the the sinks, and Sure enough, like, I'm, I'm almost done. He's right behind me, like, waiting for me to get done. And I turned around, and I was just like, holy shit, it's fucking Shaq. And I just, like, was, I was, like, eight or nine years old. I didn't really know what to say. Like, I was just starstruck. And I was like, dude, you were, like, awesome in Shazam. <laughs> <laughs> and he just looked at me like, fuck you, bro. <laughs> no, he did. Yeah, he didn't say shit to me. <laughs> Do you think he thought you were being a wise ass? No, I think he was just like, man, ever, I hated that movie. <laughs> ever that Shazam was good. <laughs> but I was just a little kid. It was like, yeah. I was like, I know you play basketball, and you were in Shazam. Like, <laughs> that's about it. Like, you know, it's crazy. I mean, but you... My sister always, we always got into arguments over this, and she was beating it into my head because I'd be so angry that things would happen out in public. You know, I mean, people would invade your space. You're eating, you're in a bathroom or whatever. But she's like, "Listen, you live in a glass house. You have to understand that when you walk out your door, you live in a glass house, and you have to accept people invading your space. So, I mean, when you make your money off the public, you got to concede that that." It's going to happen. So you're catering to. Yeah, you have to. You have to. I mean, no matter how annoying it is, I'm, a, I'm at like a different mind frame now, so it doesn't annoy me no matter what 
I don't do things in the bathroom. I'll tell you know. Right. <clears throat> hey, take outside. a picture. Yeah, no, yeah. no. Like, hey, flex, you take a picture. I'm like, no, we don't do that. Sit in the bathroom. Don't look at me nor talk to me yeah. while we're in the bathroom at the stall because that means something else. But anyway, I mean, unless you're giving me a compliment, then no, on my size, I don't how, know. Close, how close I am to the water at the bottom. <laughs> no, yeah. you both at the stall. Wow, man, you look great. <laughs> Fuck you mean by great. that? Yeah. You know, what are you looking at? You, you want to stroke it for me too? Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. Man, you're bigger than I thought. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's so. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> what did you expect me to be small? Fuck. <laughs> um, I was in the bathroom once, and this guy—the way that he broke the ice to me was was was—I'll never forget this. He was in the stall next to me, and he kind of like looked at me a little bit, and then he kept kept on peeing, and he goes, "Damn, the water's cold down there." And I, <laughs> I, I started. I've done that one before. I started laughing, and he was like, "Oh, you're PJ Braun, right? I, I'm a fan." And I was like, that, "That's that's very funny." Uh, that one stuck with me. That he broke that's the so ice. Funny. So I've done that one before. That's a good. That's a that's good a one. Deep. I haven't used that one myself. That's a good one. So and deep too is the other word. That's what you were supposed to say. To not be nice to fans. <laughs> It's like that most absolutely thing that you get. I think it's you know? that's a joke off. I think it was Richard Pryor or somebody else. They were they were standing at a bridge, you know, and they had to pee, and the guys said like, "Wow, damn, that water's cold." And the other guys said, "Yeah, deep." <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't, I, that was the first time that I ever. I that's ever the funniest thing I've ever heard. Um, yeah. So, anybody else that's listening out there, be nice. Be nice to your fans always. Um, so I was very pleased with that, and then I was also very pleased with how raw. Keon is to everything and and how willing he is to be molded, which I think that is extremely important because, well, I won't get into any names, but sometimes, you know, you you you, you get an athlete that you think highly of or that you think is going to be very good, and they've, they are not humble. <coughs> we recently had somebody that I thought was going to be very good and I actually think still will be very good if, if they, you know, apply themselves the right way. And this particular person didn't think that I was giving him uh, enough attention, and he was brand new. And um, I explained to him the reason that I wasn't giving him attention. He wanted to start doing tons of videos right away. And I said, well, I, we already got some good content with you and I want to get content with just you. And right now we have nationals going on. We have a bunch of stuff going on. I got a bunch of people doing nationals that I'm going to have to do videos with. And his response was, well, I mean, if you think that they're more important than me, there was also all those videos that had to be done. were also lined up for months. They were lined up for months in advance. It it had had come. I said, listen, how about I put it like this? I want you to get your own specific time because I believe in you that much mm-hmm. that I don't want it to be shared with other people who have already had things done in advance. Mm-hmm. And his response to that was, well, if you think they're going to make you more money than I can, I know that people are dying to see me. And I said, you know, you, you sound very arrogant right now. And things don't work that way at Blackstone Labs. So I'm going to let you go and, and, and we're going to go our separate ways. I think you're amazing. And I'll always root for you just because of how good I think that you can be. But you probably won't be a good fit with this company, so let's just end it now before we get on bad terms. I think you'll be good with a small company that wants to just spoil the hell out of you if you can find somebody like that. I said, here, there are a lot of people that have put in their time, a lot of people that have put in work, and there are people that are newer than you that have really, really done a good job to impress me, and they deserve their fair share. That's crazy. That's interesting that cats think that way. It's too bad. Instagram really has changed yep. more so the mental state of a lot of people. I wow. Think. It's, That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, he, uh, he actually called out. So we have this, 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 this kid on the team. His name is Dragon Azumi, right? He's a little Japanese kid that tries really, really fucking hard. Excuse my language. And he's very consistent with what he does. And he actually does very, very good. 
with his coupon code sales. And it's all about consistency. He's nice to everybody. He helps people in the gym. He's actually a B-boy. That's how, that's, that, that's mm, how he caught my eye. When you say he tries hey, hard, Mountain it's Duke, not... get at me, okay? I got yeah. you. <laughs> when, when you say he tries hard, it's not that he is a tryhard. It's that he tries hard and he succeeds, he succeeds from it. succeeds from it, yes. Yeah. And I love that. a difference. Yeah. I love that attitude. Well, this other person who's genetically very superior said... You know, I'm seeing this 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 little Asian kid get a lot of love, you know, and I'm not I'm not getting shit. And I said that little Asian kid has done more coupon code sales than you. And and he's a breakdancer. Yeah. So what what does that tell you? You can have the biggest biceps in the world, you can be a monster, but if you're not influencing others, then you're essentially worthless. Yeah. True. So I hope that Keon stays humble. And I don't think that you will. No, we had him. our talk already. I mean, I respect him. I respect every man and I, I have to understand that. If I cross a line in a way, I uh, talk to a man that they might meet me there. So I got to be willing and already ready that I'm going to make it happen and I got to expect it to happen. But no, I care a lot about him. You know, um, you know, we've had some great private conversations and I feel the struggle. I've been there and worse. So that's one of the main reasons why I reached out to you because I thought you guys would be a great fit. I'd seen what you've been doing and I knew we'd need help. Um, so I even, you know, we had a conversation in a short one. I said, hey, listen, man this sport is different than what you think it is, you know, so you ever want to reach out to me on a personal level, you know, I'm there for you because a lot of things are going to come at you. So I'll be in his corner as long as he's that way. If not, you know, we'll have a conversation where I'll have to break that line and he'll have to confront me or say, I feel you, you know, let's, let's reset or I'll have to break away. Uh, and, and that's it, you know, so we'll continue on our route and, um, I think he's probably one of the most genetically gifted people that I've ever seen in my fucking life. You know what I mean? And uh, being that he hasn't, I mean, and it's no fault. And it's interesting because he asks me a lot of questions. He's really humble about that. He wants to learn. I've, I've witnessed it. And he'll constantly ask me, what do you think? You know, what do you think? And for me, I have, sometimes it hurts to be honest, you know, but I've, you know, my team around me has always been brutally honest to the point where in my immaturity, I'd want to fight him over it. (laughs) You know, and, and I put it on me, my immaturity. So we'd be in a posing room and, you know, Chris really wouldn't say anything. He's already told me why later on because he just didn't want me to beat him. So he wouldn't tell me the truth. Makes sense. Well, Rico would say, you know, you're off. You need to do more cardio and you need to tighten. So I would be offended. So I would turn around and look at him and start cussing and walk him towards him. So, but out of Rico maturity, he would say, I don't fight my friends and turn around and walk away. So now I'm even more fucking heated because I couldn't <laughs> release my anger. But I was always the type of person who would grapple with my thoughts. And I would go back and normally I'd say, well, listen, he thinks that way. I think I'm on. What is it going to hurt if I push it a little harder? It's only going to make me look better. Mm-hmm. And it would end up that he was end up, you know, that he was right about it. So <laughs> you can always learn, you know, and you can never be too big headed about it. But he's always asking me, what do you think? And um, it's been really difficult to be honest, because it's hard when you care about somebody to be honest. And it's a little easier now because he said, man, nobody's never been that honest with me. Nobody's never told me that, you know, I always thought this, no one ever said that. I'm like, well, when you really care about a person, you do. And I want to see them succeed and everything like that. So, I mean, uh, that's the way it's supposed to be. Now, how, this will be the last thing that I specifically asked you, Keon, and then, and then you guys, you can answer these questions with us and jump in on any of them, but I need, I need to know. Answer it any, any way you want. Don't feel like you have to answer it a certain way because I'm putting you on the spot. But how privileged, because it is a privilege, do you feel to have Flex Wheeler be in your corner like that? I mean, it has to make you feel some sort of way. Uh, speechless, man. I feel like hmm. out of all the competitors in the world, like I told him today, I'm working with you. I think that's very rare. Um, you talking about someone that had the most perfect physique back in the day everybody thought. 
and just having him on my corner and teaching me the old school ways and how to train and six sets of 20 and stuff, nobody would never told me that. And if it wasn't for him, man, I, my mindset is just totally different now for this prep. And so you have confidence, more confidence than very. He ain't lacking of that. He ain't never. Had, he's he's never been lacking of that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like a different sense of of pressure to to not let him down? Yes, and I, I have a lot of hype behind my name at this point, going through social media. So I don't want to let nobody down, and damn sure I don't want to let myself down. And I just want to give this shit hundred and ten percent and just kill it. You know, let people know what I'm capable of doing. Well, I told you something the other day, and, uh, and this is something that we'll, we'll have to wait 11 weeks to see what truly happens. But mm. in 11 weeks, you know, I believe that you will be in the best shape of your life, and you'll have made numerous improvements working with Flax and then having Flaxton Labs in, in your corner. And then what happens when you get on that stage is you're either going to walk off the champion or you're not. And then really what's going to happen is where we go after that. But I hope that through this process, you stay the same person that you are right now. Because if you do, you're going to have that many more more fans when this is all said and done. And <clears throat> the fans are what make it so people like me can start companies and then hire guys like you. So it's all about influencing the fans and keeping the fans around, keeping them happy, but showing them humility and being humble and, and really just showing your heart. Because if, 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 if you show yourself like that, the positive way, people are going to want you to, to do good so bad. And mm -hmm. for after a couple of days, I, I will say that I really want him to do good. And I'm very, very excited about this whole project. Yeah, and that's different degrees of winning. You know, um, <clears throat> I'm aware of that now being older, but on stage I wasn't because I didn't have anybody to talk to or, you know, actually probably people who were talking to me. I just didn't listen. You know, I had those people there, but I didn't listen. But, you know, thus um in losing, you have to understand there's a difference between losing and being defeated. You know, you never want to be defeated, but we lose all the time, best. You know, I mean, say if you're going to fight Mike Tyson, fuck, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Chances are you're going to lose, but you can't walk away defeated because a champion is never defeated. You know what I mean? A champion is never defeated based on that. And uh, that's kind of what I meant when, when I lost against Ronnie and I took the medals off. People always ask me, what did, you, what did you mean by that? Well, I just felt like, listen, just because you guys say I'm number two, I don't think that. You're not gonna fucking make me walk away thinking I'm number two. You know, I'm number one and that's my mindset. <coughs> so that's the sign of a champion. And also the sign of a champion is whether he lose or win based on someone else's eyes. So we're gonna go to the Arnold. I know you're gonna be in the best shape of your life based on uh, your gifts, I don't see it, no way that you can win. Uh, I'm sorry, no way that you can't lose. But <clears throat> it's not in our hands. It's a very subjective sport. So, I mean, no matter what, you're going to shake the fucking ground there and continue to do so. And, um, you know, as of right now, there's certain things that the public don't know about you uh, that's going to be very interesting. I think that's just going to skyrocket you, gonna, you, know, skyrocket you later on. So I might it's going to be fun. Too. Yeah, you might. So <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Lots of fun. It's going to be crazy. All right. Well, we have a few questions already for Flex, and then we go through the regular questions. I'll look and see if there are any more in the DMs. But this is the Q&A portion of the podcast, and we, we answer the questions as truthful as, as we can. So if you've been watching this on anybody's live, I would say go ahead. We're going to get these questions out of the way. So DM PJ your question now so that when, as soon as we're finished with these, we can go through whatever ones we have on there, and then we'll be done with the questions. And if you – if uh, Keon, if you and, and Flex have anything to add on to any of the answers or any of these things, you know, feel, feel free to. Okay. And uh, before we, we start with these questions, I just want to say that I don't know what it is about this conversation so far that we've had, but I feel like 
this is the beginning of something absolutely historically monumental in this so. sport. And I feel <laughs> like you always hear about, or, or you'll see somebody like, um, uh, what's the dude that, that started Tesla that just launched oh, yeah, the rocket? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, um, Elon, Elon Musk. Yeah. People will ask him, like, what would you do different if you knew today what you were doing 20 years ago? What would you change? And I feel like this is, like, something that never really happens, mm -hmm. that you get to take somebody that's so genetically gifted that really is, is willing to be molded and then take somebody that came to the top of peak performance in the sport and then also learned beyond that point. Like you said, mm. I, I, you broke yourself down for so long and you're like, man, if I were to train differently mm. from this long and you get to apply it to somebody that, you know, everybody agrees is so genetically gifted and able to wow the world probably on their own without this incredible information and guidance. And then yeah. you combine the two together. It's, it's really going to be something incredible to watch unfold. Yeah, definitely. I, I knew that that you would feel like that once you sat in on, on this, just being around like what's going on so far. And I think that anybody else that starts paying attention and is around it's going to feel the same way too. Like it's very mind-blowing to know that he's only 23. Yeah, I mean, he showed me a picture of himself in, in high school, like playing football, what he looked like, and he just had just really crazy genetics, man. Like it, it, it's just, you know, you don't see little teenage kids with like chiseled six-packs yeah. like that, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, I just I wanted to say it's, it seems to me like something – historically monumental is the best way I could put it is, yeah. is about to happen in this sport. Well, like PJ said, as long as he's willing to continue learn and stay humble and, um, right. And, um, you know, just more or less drink from other people's cup of fuck ups that they done so that you don't have to live through those. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. So we'll go ahead and get into the use of the first three are for flex. And then the rest are our normal podcast questions. So this first one says flex. Is there anything you would change in your past that you think would have gave you an Olympia title? Yeah, not told Ronnie my shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what a what a like pivotal pivotal oh point that uh, we all we all laugh at when we hear that story. But but if he didn't, true. Imagine what would have happened. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you. I don't regret it right now. That's for sure. I, I don't I don't regret it because um you know. I've had some incredible people um, help me that when I wasn't shit at all, you know, and um, they always said pay it forward. And at the time, you know, amazingly, Ronnie was competing in Olympia, you know, natural. And, uh, you know, he was placing in the top 10. But just to be at the Olympia period, placing in the top 10 back then was mm -hmm. a feat. So I just I'm not wired that way to take something away from somebody. I mean, I, I fought, you know, at a high level when I was younger and. You always want to fight against the best person. I want you to be on your best. And then I want, I want to embarrass you in a nice way. I mean, when I'm done, I'd always pick the guy up. No matter what, win or lose, I'd always pick him up because I just enjoy that. But I want you to be at your best, and then I want to embarrass you. You know, not in a bad way because if you step in a ring, basically, you feel that you can beat me. That was my mindset. So I'm, I'm going to prove you wrong, and I'm going to embarrass you so that the next time we meet, you're already beaten. Yeah. You know, so awesome. with Ronnie, I mean, or anyone, I've, it's so interesting. What I told Ronnie, I've told – quite a few other guys who competed against me and and you know some that are still competing now but they haven't done what ronnie's done so that was truly just ronnie bent, meant to be based on that but i just can't i can't look in a mirror um i can't look in a mirror and know that i held something back from a person and then go and compete against i'm just fucked up wired that way i just can't you know what i mean i just won't feel right so i don't, I don't regret it things happen for a reason and it is what it is how many, um, for those of, of you who, some of the younger guys don't know the history as much, but how many uh, shows did you win? 
I don't know. I think like 19. Yeah, I think I, I had a short maybe. career though. Um, I didn't compete every year, so competed in '93, '94. Um, um, I missed because of the car crash. Mm-hmm. Um, then I competed uh, back again in '95. Uh, I think I missed out of my however many years. I think I missed three years of competing because of different shit. So, but I'm I'm still happy about it. You said you won in '93. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. crazy to think that you were winning bodybuilding shows in 93 and I was born, <laughs> born in 92. That's crazy, right? I, I got a question for you. <coughs> so um, if you competed all those years, do you think you'd be in Olympia and won it? Um, you know. Good question, right? Yeah, it's a good question. You, you set me up. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know what? I um, I think my count would have been higher because I didn't. So the honest truth is, and I've said it already, I've never really focused on the Olympia. You know, I come from nothing. You know, I come from shit, welfare, homeless, beaten, abused, sexually, you know, all that stuff. So when when I found out that I can make money at this sport, my whole mind frame was how much can I make and what does it take to win that? So it was doing multiple shows. I understood I didn't make money at home. So um, I'd never really focused on Olympia and winning Olympia until 98. Actually, no, 99. Um, I knew I could win all the other shows based on my ranking because I was number two. So I just wouldn't hammer those out when other people wouldn't show up because I knew I could make money at it. Hmm. So I wasn't really a a title grabber or really cared about that. And even more so, I was ignorant to the sport. I just didn't know. I mean, you know, when I was training and, and, you know, raising a gym, we didn't have magazines. We're too poor. You know, the gym was too fucking poor. I mean, I didn't hear of anybody. I didn't even know what the Mr. Olympia meant. I knew who... Arnold Schwarzenegger was because of movies and stuff like that. And I heard that he won the Olympia, but I didn't even know. So, you know, the irony of me, um, you know, um, my pro debut right now is still in a Guinness book of records. I have the best pro debut in the history of the entire sport, you know, winning four shows and uh, then taking um, second in Olympia. So when I was there on Olympia stage, I was just happy to be there. I didn't know what the fuck was going on when I got second. I was like, yeah, great. You know, I, I just didn't know. And I think, you know, that innocence, um, just prevailed, you know, later on. And I just didn't care about, you know, titles. I just, man, I can make this month. So first is this second is this and third is this based on my, my, my calibration of me being number two, I should be able to make this. And that was it. it you know, that was it. So, so if you didn't notice, I kind of escaped Business your question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so see. to kind of tack onto that first question for my own mm-hmm. curiosity, uh, do you, is your answer like generally tied into the fact that you think that being a good person kind of held you back from being <laughs> the the overall best that in in the title form anyways you know what um do you think some shadier actions probably would have gotten you to the top yeah yeah like of course when, yeah. i mean arnold's always that's, open, that's generally how arnold is open about out. telling saying that he didn't let franco know all the tips yeah well arnold's like a major like billionaire you can say whatever the fuck he wants and still be arnold um <laughs> You know, I don't I don't know. I mean, again, to be brutally honest, and I've said this before, um, I never won the Olympia. And I think it was a good thing that I didn't. So if you know about my lifestyle of me being suicidal my whole career, even when I was winning shows and lived in a seven story house as a bachelor, you know, I was consistently trying to kill myself. So I think that if I would have won that and I was just hell to deal with, you know, I wasn't an asshole to anybody like that. But if you want to make it happen. Let's make it happen real quick. You know, I'd make jokes like big bank, take low bank, you know, or anything like that. So I think I was such a handful that if I actually would have won that title and had the accolations to all that, it would have been too much. And I would have probably succeeded and and taken my life for other various reasons. So, you know, it's like if you have a child, your child doesn't know it's not good for you to put, you know, an extension cord into a, a plug. 
you know, so you're going to stop it. They don't know that. So I really feel that as a child, I was like, no, nah, that's not good for you. I think, you know, if you get that, you're going to hurt yourself. So hmm. I'm really comfortable with that. Huh. Everything awesome. happens for a reason, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, definitely. All right. Next one says, what's up, PJ? Love your products, by the way. I have a question for you. Why on earth haven't you thought to sign Flex Wheeler to Blackstone Labs? You should sign the GOAT to your company. Uh, you know, the, the idea never really presented itself because I knew that uh, he was with Black Skull, which is a Brazilian, I believe. Company. Yeah, Brazilian-based. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I, I don't look at athletes from other companies ever. That's not the kind of guy I am. I don't try to steal people. I mean... If you if anyone leaves, then you're fair. Him stutter before. You you're fair. You're fair game if you leave. You hear, you hear him stuttering over there. I never. Heard I think that I think that ties into what I was just saying with you that you know you generally end up screwing yourself for being such a good guy, nice guy. and it kind of you know ties in there. Same thing. <laughs> um, even even with this, I knew there was going to be a, a bit of an issue because he was with another co company, and I said I'd really like, you know, to to me, I I want you to be a, a part of this. You know, whatever level I can have, I'll take. Um, and, and this is something that actually happens a lot because there are people that want to come on our podcast and then I look and say, oh, you're with another company. They might get mad mm. about it. You know, you'll have to look in and, and, and see that. So yeah. and now that we know how vulgar you are, we definitely need to have you back for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to me, to me, I listen, also, if, listen, if, I'm vulgar and look what they have on a door here. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I like about it is black and thick and as long. I mean, so I mean, we could have some boys over here. We I think that, um, <laughs> flex is the, is, is the type of entity that should have his own company is my my real opinion i agree yeah i, I couldn't, agree. couldn't agree more i agree all right the next one is um what is the hardest and easiest part about your career as a bodybuilder ah, and how do you easy. think that has molded you as the person you are today that's easy that's been asked so many times so it's been normally worded what's the best and worst thing that's about you which is easy me <laughs> <laughs> so i've been my worst worst enemy and i've been the best thing that ever happened to me and what was the last part of that? Um, how do you think that has molded the person you are today? I mean, you know, through your experiences, you know, it, it, it molds you into the person that you are. So, you know, all the things that I've been through, um, whether it's surgeries or, you know, being suicidal, you know, depression, making millions, losing it, and all those things, you know, kidney surgery, I mean, horrific different types of surgeries um, and stuff like that. I it's not too many hats that I can't walk into a room and feel comfortable wearing. So now I can actually help a lot of people who are hurting in various different ways, the same as I have. So I can take that and pay it forward, you know, and um, if I didn't have those experiences, I wouldn't be able to. So a lot of questions I get privately is just, just people just hurting, you know, for various different reasons. I'm talking some from whether it's just a you know regular you know guy and uh, or just like major, 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 huge names, you know, so, I would not be able to share anything with them or give them anything back if I didn't have to go through that shit myself. Mm -hmm. So um, it's a blessing, you know, it's, it's a blessing to be able to help. I mean, it's just, it's just unnerving of how many people out there that are just like, you know, in, in dark places. So, I mean, you know, um, you know, it's, it's not easy having to go through that and it's something I battle consistently, but you know, um, it's better when you, talk to another person and they're going through it, it's easier to help reach them and, and pull them out of it. And then I, that's actually therapy for myself. When, gone when you, um, I, I, I'm curious, I have a question on top of this question is, so when your depression uh, turned into, you know, suicidal tendencies, mm -hmm. what made you not do that? You know what? I don't know. I, well, I do. Uh, obviously, as a man upstairs, simple as that. You know, um, I know I have a free will, you know, but I, I lean on that a lot. But, you know, 
it's 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 really interesting because you know people who know about it, which is everybody, because I've been very honest about it. But people who talk to me about it uh, firsthand, their questions is almost like, "The fuck's wrong with you, man? Don't you think about your kids? I mean, you got a lifestyle. Look look what you've done. You know, look at all these things." But when you I, and I really feel that it's deeper than that. It's almost like a sickness or or a disease. It's not something you can turn on or turn off. Because who wants to? Who would want to do that? I mean, really. So. It's, it's strange because those things don't urge me to stop. They urge me to hurry up and do it. So when I'm having a vivid thought of, of taking you know, my own life, um, I, I vividly think about my kids and being at my, my coffin. So that's hard to, to imagine. So what I'll switch over and do, I don't have to think that. If I hurry up and pull this fucking trigger, I don't have to worry about that. So it's, the longer I'm here is the longer I have to hurt over this. So shorten that and hurry up and get it over with which is really kind of effed up because it's pushing you to do it uh, and not stopping you from do it. But I, I mean, I've been dealing with this since I was 13, you know, um, was the first time I, I tried to take my own life. So it, it doesn't get any easier. Um, I am at a place now where I just, I love life, you know, and I, I love my kids. And that's a huge factor where before, I wouldn't really say it's selfish, but I wouldn't allow myself to go into that deep of thought. You know, it's almost like, a person on drugs who's done horrific, horrible things, they're never going to go back sober. Because as soon as they go back sober, they're going to think about all these heinous-ass things they have to do, and it's going to hurt a lot. So they submit themselves even deeper and never come out of it. It's a vicious cycle. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a vicious cycle. It's so, a good, yeah, good explanation. Yep, definitely. When, when people reach out to you now, specifically about you know, depression... Has this become more of like a part of your life, like trying to help people out in that? It, it really has, and it, it, it's okay. I mean, um, it's, it's a lot to take on, and I reach out to other people sometimes. I reach out to people that I, I look up to because I'll be like, this one I can't handle, man. I just I can't. You know, it just, it's pulling me back, you know, down. So I'll reach out to other people. Um, it's two other people or well, three other people that, that, that can help me or help other people. But um, I, I just can't. I can't leave them hanging, you know, no matter what. When, when they contact me in various different ways, I just can't. Uh, I'll share one instance. Um, it, was, it was a few months ago where um, – I had been getting these texts from this guy, but I never re read them. Just like you, you get so many. Um, and I remember reading one, and it just said, you know, today's the day I'm going to do it. So that kind of cut my attention. So then I scrolled back down to read all of them. And I just reached out to the guy, I'm like, hey, how you doing? And, you know, like 10 minutes later, he responded back, and I said, um, you know, what's going on? And he said, you know, just gave me a story. He's very, very well off, you know, lost his girlfriend that he was uh, engaged to. And, you know, from there, he just – turned upside down, you know, just lost everything. He was homeless, basically, and, you know, living in his truck. And I just said, hey, why don't you call me? He said, no, sir, I'm not going to do that. You know, I don't want to invade, you know, my time. I'm just some country boy from from the South, country hick boy, I think he called himself from the South. I'm like, well, I'm just some black kid from the ghetto, you know, <laughs> so don't want, want you call me. And we had a conversation, you know, went back and forth and just extremely, extremely polite, man, you know, just everything was yes, sir, no, sir. And, um, we just shared things. <clears throat> and this thing was, I did this interview on London Real um, um, TV, which is in England. He's like equivalent to Oprah. Um, and I was just vividly honest, like I am with you guys. And he said, man, I seen that. And it just spoke to me. And, um, you know, he goes, every time I thought about killing myself, I heard your voice saying, don't do it. And I was like, well, you know, that's great. I go, but the honest truth is, it, it wasn't my voice who was telling you that, you know, you empowered my voice. So you were hearing my voice, but it was someone else, you know, saying that. And, you know, everything happens for a reason. And, and now he's doing great. You know, I won't go into the rest of the story, but he's doing great. But 
I get, I get a lot, you know, but that just, um, like I said, I, I can't leave them hanging. I don't ever want to find out that I didn't respond to a person or respond to a person r- in a right way and then find out that they did, you know, cause that's, that's a huge stumbling block for me. I don't know if I'd be able to get over that hurdle. So I got to take it seriously, but you know, I mean, it's, it's very, very, very draining. Um, it's very draining, yeah. but you know, I mean, I use a great sand from, um, I can't think of his name right now, but you know, I'm, I'm built for it. You know, I've been through a lot of shit to get me to where I am. So I'm built for it. So I'm the guy to go to, no matter how much it pulls from me, I'm that guy. So I'm built for it. You know, it's amazing that you, that you want to help others like that. A lot of people won't, you know, they just keep to themselves. No, I mean, when you've been in some dark ass freaking like, you know, like my military guys say, been in some dark, deep water, you know, you know what it's like and you can't leave a person out there hanging cause you've been out there hanging and I've really not had anyone to pull me out like that other than the, the man upstairs. So uh, I'm not going to leave somebody behind. I just, come on, man. I mean, I remember it was just a couple of months ago I heard about this actor, you know, jumping off a building and taking his life. And I'm like, what uh, my thing, wh- what are the last thoughts he must have had that, that he was in such anguish that he actually did that? Because obviously I haven't got there yet, but it's like, you know, what, what, what gets you to that point? A, uh, this past year, a lot of people committed suicide, right? Didn't it seem like it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, a lot of overdoses. And some other, yeah, definitely, yeah. man. It's just, but like I said, you'd, you'd be shocked how many people out there are hurting. You know, they have this one joke where this guy is really depressed and he goes into a, a doctor and, you know, uh, the doctor's like, you know, he's telling him, Mom, you know, I'm depressed, doc, you know, thinking about killing myself. He goes, hey, listen, I got a prescription. You're going to go to this guy. He's a comedian. He's going to change your life. This guy is so <laughs> funny. And he looks at him and he goes, I'm that guy. You're talking about me. So here you can have someone who just makes everyone laugh. Yep. And you never know what he's going to. Look at Robin Williams. Yeah. Right. I mean, one of the most incredible guys. I remember him back in Mork and Mandy. That's how old I am. But, oh, you just got to. I mean, it's not something that just happens overnight. You know, it's not something that happens overnight. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> you were 13 when this started? Yeah, first time, yeah. And what set it on? Uh, what set it on is I, um, so I come from, you know, uh, heart lifestyle. My, my grandmother ended up raising me for, for various different reasons. And she raised me and my, my, my brother and my sister. And we were just, you know, we we're just, uh, didn't have a lot of money, you know, and, uh, she was an incredible woman. Anything that I am, I owe it to her, you know, just Bible, you know, going to church, just everything great. Truly what you would think of a grandmother, you know, not to our today's of a grandmother. I mean, just wisdom. One of your, bro- your, your friends walk to the door. He's our, she's already read them, you know, and she's like, that ain't a good person. One of those type of people <laughs> that you just, and you'd have to look at her and just turn around and walk out. You wouldn't argue. Like, you know, she just sees through you. But so I end up, I end up getting this girl pregnant at, at, um, at 13 or 14 or whatever. I end up getting this girl pregnant. And I just, I just felt the shame. It's like, fuck, you know, we don't got shit. And here I am, I didn't got this girl pregnant, and how do I tell my grandmother this? You know, she's working her ass off just to try to feed us, and I brought this into the house, and just, I don't know, man, just some darkness came over me, and I just freaking popped into my head like that, and um, and it's, it's sad because I was 13 or 14 or whatever, but I could still remember it was such vivid thoughts of what to do, and just a 13-year-old just don't have that equivalence of that intelligence to think such ways. So it was just storming, and all this is in my book, but um, it was just, it was storming at night, and I had a little moped, I was like, okay, and I just, it was like just something drawn me, so instead of going up, like when you're going on the freeway, you, you go up the side embankment to get on the freeway, so what I did is I went reverse where they exit the freeway, 
you know, and I went out and like I said, it was storming. I just like, you know, what car to pull out in front of. So I'm analyzing this at a 13 year old. I'm analyzing like, well, I can't pick a little car because it's going to stop. And now I'm going to be embarrassed and I'm going to get my ass whooped and sent home. So I'm like, man, it got to be a diesel because a diesel lock up his brakes, it's raining, it's on a skid, and it's still going to hit me. But how do you think of such things at a 13-year-old uh, at, at an age like that? And I remember, you know, um, sitting there just sobbing, like, wow, I'm going to do this, and, you know, how unhappy I was and ashamed of myself. And um, I just couldn't. So then I first, it was the first time I experienced how it's a downward, you know, fall from there. So instead of saying I, I can't do it, Hey, great. I didn't do it. I just started beating myself up like, fuck, you're a failure. You know, fuck, you get somebody pregnant. You can't even fucking kill yourself. What the fuck good is you can't do shit right. So I was just beating myself up, you know, wanting to uh, make myself. Effect. Yeah, exactly. So I went home and I remember my father was there at the house and um, being that it was raining. He goes, you know, boy, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, oh, nothing. You know, it's just raining, you know, and I just walked in the house and I remember uh, my sister had a gun that her boyfriend left there. And I'm like, hey, Charlene, you know, let me see your gun. And she's like, no, boy, get out of here. And I'm like, fuck, man, you can't even get a gun. You a motherfucker. You can't do goddamn thing right, man. You don't even deserve to be here. Again, just beat my own ass. And I, I grabbed this bottle of aspirin, and I went down into my, my bedroom, which was uh, the garage, and I uh, just took a handful of aspirin. You know, it was the first time. What happened? Um obviously the bottle like I said was half full so it wasn't enough aspirin in there and uh, um, I remember waking up and my my grandmother was waking me up and she can you know she's shaking me and I'm looking at her but it's almost like I'm like a movie like I'm watching everything unfold and uh, I could barely hear her I'm reading her lips and she's shaking me and she you know I can see her saying Kenny because uh, there was no flex wheeler then. Mm. Um, and she's shaking me. I'm like, what did you do? What did you do? And then she stopped shaking me. She looked at the dresser and seen a bottle and looked at me and just grabbed me and uh, threw me into the shower and called 911. And they, uh, you know, came and pumped my stomach and all that stuff. And they're like, you know, just a couple more aspirin in that bottle would have been too much, you know. So, yeah. Were there, there were there times where, on the aspirin, put this in my head, where you turn to substance abuse? No, nah, I've never been that type of guy. I've never been that type of guy. I'm a, I'm a control freak. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a control freak, so I, I can't do certain things. And also, I'm, a, I'm an extremist. Um, so I know I can't do certain things because if I like them, um, it ain't going to be nobody to stop me. I'll tell everybody to go and fuck <laughs> off. So um, stuff like, you know, growing up, people party on, you know, cocaine and all that stuff. I just I would see how they would respond. I'm like, I can't do that shit, because if it's that fucking much fun, (laughs) I'm going to tell everybody to fuck off. I mean, my job, whoever else you ain't going to be and you're not going to whoop my ass and stop me, you know. So, yeah, um, (laughs) I would I I just knew it. So I'm I'm a control freak that way. And I'm an extremist. and I don't, I never got it. So I don't drink. I don't drink to get drunk. If I have a drink, it's to be fine or whatever. And I don't really feel the effects of it. But the first time I ever had a drink, I was 18 and I got drunk. And um, unfortunately, we stayed up so late. I got, I experienced a hangover while I was awake. I didn't go to sleep and didn't wake up. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the worst. worst. That's the worst. So I remember Gotta driving. drinking. Yeah. <laughs> I remember um, um, drinking. Um, I remember driving home in my Volkswagen, and my Volkswagen had a Stingray on it. I don't know if you guys, you Volkswagen guys, you know what I'm talking about. But it's super fucking loud. And um, I remember getting out of my car, and I'm kicking a damn thing. It's, God dang, it's too loud, you know. And it dawned on me. That's what a hangover, just severe hangover, just the whole feel. I'm like, the fuck fun is that? 
you know, where's the fun in that? You I know question I mean? myself on that one. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't, I can't. No, I just, just never been into it. Yeah, just not my cup of tea. I did what I had to do to be a bodybuilder. So the other thing was like, listen, I, 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 I know I'm lighting a candle and kind of, you know, going like this with the, you know, with the flames underneath the, the middle of it. You know, I'm not going to light it on both ends and do that. So yep. I'm going to do what I have to do to be able to compete, but I'm not going to accelerate it by doing other dumb shit. That's so, right. yeah. And uh, the next question is actually a reiteration of the question of why you don't sign flex. So we've already been down that road, so we'll go to the next Obviously one. Obviously a popular question. <laughs> the next podcast will probably have more. You started that shit, <laughs> I man. Did. Jeez. No, I'd be lying if I, if I said I didn't do it on purpose. Uh-huh. All right, this next one is for PJ. It says, hi, PJ. I'm loving your products so far. Trojan Horse makes me sweat my ass off. Glycolog Glycolog gives me good pumps and endurance. I just started the Halo Elite at four tabs per day. My question is, how long does does Glycolog differ from... How does Glycolog differ from Metformin? Is one better than the other? Can they be combined for a synergistic effect? Quick answer is that I will never tell you to stop taking medication that you're taking prescribed from a doctor to take a supplement. Okay. Cause these are supplements that you're already doing. Now here's the thing. Many people that are taking metformin or other forms of insulin with their metformin are actually taking less with the introduction to glycolog. So you've got to take your medicine the way that the doctor is telling you to take it. Problem is that the doctors these days often want you to be on idiots for the rest of your life. Yeah. So I've had numerous people tell me, that when they started supplementing with glycolog, they got to do less and less metformin. This is a good thing. You don't want to have to keep taking an excess of prescription drugs. So the way that it's going to work is it's, it's making your body, your body readily absorb the nutrients and the carbohydrates directly into your muscle stores so you can essentially store it all as glucose. So when you are eating all this food, your body is breaking it all down. It's processing. It's separating the proteins and the fats and the carbohydrates and doing what it wants to do with it. Now, your body will often just store those carbohydrates. And they'll be mm-hmm. stored, of course, as energy at a later point, but they'll be stored as fat, too. Mm-hmm. Well, this is going to make your body take those carbohydrates and shuttle them into the muscle stores. So many people will tell me that they took some glycolog and they actually feel a little filled out. Well, that's actually because your muscles are starting to saturate with those carbohydrates. So when you go to the gym. Can I get some of that? I, ha- I have a bottle for you. <laughs> Somewhere right there. When you go to the gym, your body is 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 locked and loaded. Basically. <coughs> it's taking all those carbohydrates that you've that you've ingested and put them into your muscle for improved performance. You know, more stamina and way way better pump. Now, what else is really good about that is you'll be able to eat more carbohydrates and stay leaner because you're not going to store as much as fat. So, it is a truly revolutionary product that I always put first when people say, "What should I take from Blackstone Labs?" and if you are on you know, metformin or other forms of insulin, you absolutely should see how you do with it and see if you can get those medications down because you will get an absolutely positive effect from the glycolog. Can Halo Elite cause hair loss for the individuals prone to androgenic alopecia? It should not because you shouldn't be seeing a DHT conversion from it, which is what's going to be the main factor there. Did I say that right? Yes. Nice. <laughs> Thanks for the podcast. It's the shit when I'm driving long distances for. Keep it up, Kai. 
Next one says, not sure what happened with my first one. Uh, it's sent from a super old email. Anyways, here it is again. What's up, guys? I'm a big fan of the podcast. It's actually the only thing that gets me through my dreaded cardio sessions. I have plenty of diet and exercise questions, but I'm going to keep it fun this time. My first question is for both of you. Fuck one, marry one, kill one. <laughs> Kim Kardashian, Lisa Ann, and Kate Upton. Wow. Wow. All right. Um, Who are they? Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian, Lisa Ann. Who is Lisa Ann? I don't know who Lisa Ann is. A very, very, very popular porn star. Very okay, popular. then I know who it is. Okay. Uh, the original, like, MILF superstar. Okay. Um, yeah. She starred in the Nail and Palin series, which Nail was a very big. Why do you know all this? I'm a, my listeners know I'm a humongous porn addict, actually. It's a problem. Some people are addicted to drugs. I'm addicted to porn. All right. So who's lifetime, the other girl? Lifetime issue with it. Who's the other so girl? Kate Upton does nothing for me, so I'll kill her. Get rid of her. Yeah. Um, and then, so it comes down to Lisa Ann. Versus Kim Kardashian, I think it's a pretty easy answer because mm -hmm. I'm gonna fuck Lisa Ann for sure. And Kendra, I'm sorry, I'd much rather fuck you. By the way, I, they, they she, Kendra knows that. That's my partner, and and entice. If we're gonna go into adult film world, I'm I'm taking Kendra, and I'm gonna marry Kardashian because she's rich as fuck. Yeah, excuse my language, but you're set for life if you marry her. That's so funny because I was going the exact same route with that. We're we're really? both thinking the same we're way. The we're exact smart. same wow. route. Keon, you want to you want to be a part of this? Kim got more money. <laughs> Lisa got the better. You know what? Yep. No, she, she don't. To, she knows how to use it at least. Yeah, she might well, know how to use it. I know if it better. We, we've seen what Kim's got. For, we've huh? seen what yeah. she's got on video. Yeah, she, but you yeah. know, I mean, trust me. I mean, you better be very confident of yourself. You're gonna crawl <laughs> up in there, son. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because a mad work been put in. You know I'm also, so, I'm also gonna go off the route, not just the money route, but the fact that you know you can still get the pleasure of Lisa and the one time, but then you get to bang Kim Kardashian all the time if you marry her. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Is that a plus or not? I don't know. I mean, at least it's an option. Do you feel confident? And, and being able to please Kim Kardashian after seeing what Ray J was working with in those videos. I do. Like um, <laughs> <laughs> I got Snope. Uh, what's that? What's that? Rap, uh, Chance the Rapper. Yeah, you don't want no problems with me. So anyway, um, but but what you is a no problems? What, yeah, big fella. you don't want no problems, big fella. But listen. Um, what is a porn star then dealt with though? Come on, dog. Yeah. She might have oh, been. She had a Mandango. Yeah. You know, I've she, actually seen the Mandango scene. She might have been with like you know some Mr. Marco. Yeah. Well, you can I just can look it up Marcus. and just Mr. find Mr. Marcus. Yeah. She's yeah. done Mr. Marcus yeah. and uh, what's his name Johnson at the same time. Man. Come Ooh, on, yeah. double. Ooh, yep. yeah, that's a good one. It's a lot. Yeah. I don't know. All right. I don't know. Second one is for PJ. What is the craziest story you have from college? I'm currently a student and have done plenty of dumb and drunk things. What's the What's a funny or embarrassing story you have? Thanks for taking the time out of your busy days to put out this pod for us. Peace out by Liam. Man, I've told so many of my stories on the show that I, I don't know if there's all that many left, but I'll tell you one that was stupid and funny that I don't know if I've ever told before. So it was on Halloween one year, and, and uh, everybody was at Husky Blues, which is a very popular uh, campus bar that everybody would go to. And I had a bunch of my high school buddies in town, and they're all idiots. And so we were all idiots. tripping on acid, right? Damn. For some reason, we decided wow, it's Halloween, let's trip on acid. Oh, yeah. And um, wow. so we're in Husky Blues, and uh, I had just had reconstructive surgery on my arm. I tore my bicep as a power lift. So let's definitely take some acid then. Yeah, good, good idea, right? Good so I had idea. this massive, so now they have these very fancy, like they, they adjust it, you know, every Oh, week. yeah, I know what you're talking about. Back then, they didn't have that shit. So I had a giant cast that started at my shoulder and went all the way down to my hand. This is also a side story why I learned to masturbate with my left hand, because I was in that stupid cast for some Well, it's to be with a different person. It's, it's much like that. I never went yeah. back, though. I never went back to the original person. So I uh, you never went this, back? Never went back. I stayed lefty all these Holy years. shit, that's blowing my I'm mind. I'm a switch right hitter, now. but I prefer lefty. That's hilarious. You got to try it with the fingers underneath. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> 
So I uh, had this dumb cast on, right? And we're all tripping. And one of my buddies starts fighting with these kids that were from Joel Barlow High School, which is a rival to my high school. So stupid. And so I knew they were going to wind up getting into a fight. So they were severely outnumbered. So I was thinking I was being a nice friend. And I walked over and I grabbed my buddy and I started dragging him away. And, and he just refused to listen. So the guys are like, yo, listen to your buddy with the stupid cast and, and, and walk away before you get your ass beat. So finally this kid's running his mouth so bad. I go and I go, Larry, stop. Come on, you're going to get your ass beat. There's like five of them and one of you. Come on, let's go. I go, you can't just mess around around here. There's a lot of frats. You're just going to wind up getting jumped. So while this is going on, this guy just comes over and grabs my giant cast. Oh, I think you told me this. And I go, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm trying to break this up. You grab a, a guy who's got a cast on his arm. He's like, it's the biggest cast I've ever seen. I want to see it closer. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, yo, look at this guy's cast on his arm. And they're all like laughing. I'm like, yeah, it's real funny. Come on, Larry, let's go. And the kid, he now wanted to fight because the guy was grabbing my cast. I'm like, I don't need anybody to defend me. Let's go. Let's, let's just leave. This bar is, is packed. It's not fun anyway. So while I'm trying to, to, to handle my friend, the guy grabs my cast again. So now I'm angry. So I, I turned to my go. I told you once not to touch my calf. Now I'm going to never tell you touch this. another man's calf. If you, calf. If, if you touch my calf <laughs> one more time, I'm going to knock you the fuck out in front of all your. Touch friends. it again. <laughs> so I put my arm Deek. like this up in the air, like eye level to him, and like a smart ass, he goes like this, real slow. He just took his finger. Deek. Yeah. He goes, <laughs> as soon as he did it, I fucking annihilate this kid with my left hand. Just one shot. His head hit the brick wall behind him. Knocked him out cold. Now I start screaming, I'm not even left-handed. Like that, I'm laughing. I turn around. The campus police are standing right there. I go, I'm not even left-handed. I'm not even left. And they go, you're under arrest. And I was like, come on. He was grabbing my cast. They're like, turn around. So my cast was so bad that they had to, cast, uh, they had to <laughs> handcuff my left arm to my pants. And so they put me in the car. Now I'm tripping really hard at this point. Because you're on us. And my friends are tripping too. And they're freaking out. They're like, where are they taking you? I'm like, to the police station. Come get me. And they're like, oh, we're really tripping really hard right now. And I was like. We don't know where it is. My one friend, Ryan, I knew was going to be okay. I was like, Ryan, please come get me, dude. Don't let me go out like this. And he's like, we'll get you. I promise. So they bring me to the, to the police station. They put me in this room. And so the cop comes wow. in. And he, he's like, holy shit. Joe. Get in here. Look at the size of the cast. That this He's like, what'd you do to yourself? And I start explaining the story. He's like, what are you doing going and getting in fights? And I'm trying to explain the story. So then another cop comes in. Now I become like the laughing stock of the police station. And I'm sitting in this room and there's this contraption next to me. I'm looking at him. I'm tripping really hard. I'm freaking out. You do not want to be in the police station when you're, when you're on a trip like that. And I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, holy shit. It's the lie detector machine. They're going to they're gonna expose everything that I'm doing. I'm wondering if they're going to ask me. And I start like building this whole story in my mind. They're going to ask me if I'm asked. They're going to know, and I'm going to get in trouble for that, too. My family's going to know. I'm going to humiliate everyone. <laughs> so the crazy. cop comes in, and um, he goes, um, you all right? I go, yeah, I'm just, I'm just waiting for you. And he goes, all right, we're just going to do some paperwork. And he's like, yeah, your friends are actually outside waiting for you. And um, I go, okay. I go, I can, I, can go, I can go home. And he's like, why do you want to stay here? And I go, I don't know. I don't know if you guys were going to give me, like, a lie detector or not. And he goes, a lie detector? And I go, yeah. And he goes, why? You trying to hide something from us? <laughs> nice. I go, no. Like, since you asked, we're going to hook you up right now. He the goes, two of them. He goes, what are you hiding? What are you hiding, man? I, I go, nothing. I, I was just curious because there's a lie detector in here. And he looks at it and he goes, ha, that's a fucking printer, idiot. Like that. And I was like, <laughs> it started coming to me. Like, I, like my trip started to fade <laughs> like, away. Oh, now I, I see like, it. Oh, I haven't seen that model yet. Am I allowed to go yet? And he's like, we got to fi finish up all your paperwork. And then, so they let me go. So I go outside and my friend Ryan, who I knew was going to be the one to come get me. So he's there and he goes, so here's the deal. We got to go over to the other frat because they want to have a rematch. I go, fuck, hell no, I'm not having a rematch. Bring me back home. This has been a, a, a brutal rematch. night. So actually, I, um, 
I, I had to go to court for it and I had to use what's called your accelerated rehabilitation, which many states have something similar to this. It's, it's kind of like your get out of jail free card. And I wasted it on that stupid occasion. So later in life, I, I, I could tell another story that I'm not going to tell now where I really could have used that accelerated rehabilitation for another fight. Uh, but I had, I had uh, to be banned uh, from campus after that. So that was a big deal. Wow. Big deal. But that was, that's, my, that's my college stupid story for you guys. Acid. All right. Don't do acid, kids. Jeez. Or it, it turns printers into lie detector machines. It, it, at least he didn't walk out and he's like, that's a fucking typewriter. You're going to jail forever. <laughs> <laughs> You're obviously on acid. You need a lie detector to see that, sir. All right. Next one comes from uh, our boy Mike Peskin. Says, me again. 50 years old and recently lost 40 pounds. Loose skin on the lower abs. Ideas? Hold Loose on one second. I just want to say hi, Camilla, because I see that you're on here right now. Woo! Making me feel good about myself. Um, resubmit that question. Loose skin on the, on the lower abs. Yeah. How old is he? 50 years old. Recently so, lost right. 40 pounds. Unfortunately, mm. when you start to get a little older, your skin starts to really lose its elasticity. elasticity. And when you're losing a lot of weight like that, the skin, and I, not that I'm old, I'm, I'm 38, and I'm even seeing, because I'm pretty lean now, I've got some skin that's a little loose. You know, it's, I'm, of course, being hypercritical of myself, but I'm like, man, I didn't have this before. And uh, that's what happens when you, when you drop a lot of weight. I dropped a lot of weight last year because I got so out of shape through my divorce. And really, I, uh, not that I'm going to go get plastic surgery, but I, I talked to a doctor, and they're like, the only way to really get rid of skin when there's abundance of it like that is to cut it off. <laughs> cut it off. They do have some laser tightening treatments that you can try. We're and gonna it, chop it off yeah, and cauterize it. If you have the money, you can you can try it. I'm interested in hearing, you know, what you have to say. And there's also cryo T shock, which they have a skin tightening session, which I did try on my stomach. Not that I really needed it, but I was doing that photo shoot and I want to see how tight it would look. It did look tighter. Um and you can try that stuff, but sadly when you lose a lot of weight, that skin is there unless you cut it off. It's just sorry Mike. It just makes sense that it's it's That's gonna sound. be there. Yeah. So I guess this one is is specifically for me. It says here are my before pick and three weeks out pick but i only oh maybe it's stuck oh and three weeks out pick he says my question is do you believe in waist trainers and what's the best way to use them mm -hmm. i personally uh have never used a waist trainer i've always had a super tiny lady waist and i eating snacks all day just don't eat enough to to grow my stomach i think that like he, he was saying snacks, i do i do i, I honestly Andy. i brought in all i've had to eat today is donuts <laughs> um but i i don't think that people really take into the thought that if you put a giant amount of food in your stomach every day six times a day it's obviously going to grow your waist because you're taking the space that is normally small, just like if you don't eat for a couple of days as big as you normally would, your stomach shrinks. Yeah. It's the you same think, thing. Uh, training has to do with your waist too, also. Oh yeah, no, I definitely think that if you eat a ton of food and then train your abs all the time, that your abs are going to grow. Right. Like I don't think there's any way around that. I don't train abs ever, myself. Um, mm -hmm. But I also have a really tiny waist, and I've always had a tiny waist. So pretty much waist is pretty much genetically i think it's first off genetics and then what you do with what you have from there right. mm -hmm. like if you already have you know really wide hips and there's just nothing you can do about it and there's nothing childbearing hips yeah you know what i'm saying <laughs> if, if you're a dude and you got them lady hips and you know what i'm saying it's just not so i talked about this recently i was a very against the waist trainer for many years and <coughs> now i will give you the actual scientific reason of why i'm not against waist trainers. I will say, crazy transformation though, Mike. Yeah, good great job. job. He's That's doing the cyber bodybuilding contest. Really good. Um, all right, so I had, an, I had an athlete that was just blocky, plain and simple, she was blocky, and she would get shredded. 
And it's very frustrating for a figure competitor who's getting shredded to lose to people that are softer on the structure of their body. That's the thing, though. There's a, a specific structure and figure that you have to have. You have to have broad shoulders and a, and a small waist. And so I told her, I said, listen, it's just it's not in the cards for you because you just don't have the taper. And she didn't want to hang it up, so she got this waist trainer, and she wore it. She slept in it every night. So she was getting at least eight hours in this thing every night. Hmm. And I had done numerous shows with this girl. So I said, fine, do it. And you've tried everything else at this point. So she went in into competition. Uh, she, she dieted for 12 weeks, wore the thing the whole time, at least eight hours a day. And when it was time for the competition, she was the same weight as she was for the last show, to the pound. But her waist was one and three quarter inches smaller. Hmm. And I... <clears throat> was very, very impressed with the difference. So here's what's happening. Here's the science behind it, guys. It is so tight. It is like a corset. And it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's basically it's, what it is. Yeah. It's preventing the blood flow to the area, and it's restricting it so much that you're actually atrophying the muscle there. That's so exactly what I was just going to say. The muscle on the inside that you don't even see. There's muscles inside your abdomen, your transverse abdominis, things like that that are, that are trained to hold all your organs in. You're, you're atrophying everything in there. And for that reason, it does actually get smaller, but you've got to have the corset-like effect with it <coughs> for a long period of time. In the same thought, in the same science, I think that's why I have a small waist because I don't ever train my abs or my obliques. That's one thing when I got super shredded. You don't really see my obliques because I've never trained them before in my life. They exist. They're there, but they're not big. They're not defined. They're not, you know what I'm saying, very noticeable. But when I get really shredded, it looks good. But... At the same time, it's because I've gone so long without pumping blood through them or getting a workout with them that they've atrophied. So when I get really shredded, it's just a atrophied, shredded muscle. It doesn't look bad because that's the area you want to be small. But if you consistently add food there and make it bigger, it's going to be a lot harder to atrophy that area when you want to. If you train the muscle very hard, the, the objective when you're doing that is to make it grow. So if you're training your abs very hard, especially if you're doing them with muscle, they will grow. They're not going to grow, you know, the way that your quads will. But I've seen some 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 people who have genetically superior abs. Um, Absolutely. That, you know, I'm talking like the ones that are like bricks through their skin, that never train their abs ever. And 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 now I will say that if you do enough bodybuilding with compound exercises where you're you're actually taxing your core and you breathe the right way the whole time, you're actually you are working your you're core training them. the whole time. So a lot of people don't realize that. Now I'm talking about. Specific direct abdominal training, you know, reverse crunches, weighted sit-ups, all this stuff. You you can do those absolutely, <coughs> but you will build the muscle. grow that building. area. When I when I Flex and I actually coincidentally I didn't even know this question was going to be in there. We talked about this a little earlier. Almost every athlete that I bring here, when when asked about abs, doesn't train their abs. And I when I was competing about a month out, about three times a week, I'd start doing giants. I'd pick, pick like three exercises that I thought were pretty complete. Maybe like a lying leg raise, a hanging leg raise, you know, maybe some sort of crunch. Just to make them hard. I would do right? them all together so they would pop more. Yeah. You know, they would pop more. Makes sense. Um, I was under a fear of my obliques, specifically because I did a lot of very heavy squatting and deadlifting when I was younger. And I have people would always say, like, man, your obliques are so developed on the side. I believe that's from just really pushing really hard with that heavy weight all the time. And I actually wish that I didn't do that. To be honest with you, because <coughs> although people will be like, wow, your obliques are impressive from the front, 
it definitely makes it look like I'm thicker in there because I have such developed oblique. So, and I, I think that's the situation. Like I said um, earlier, you know, there's different ways you can get to a destination. Because I actually trained mine, you know, for five weeks going into a show, and my uh, my thought was always, I want these huge, thick raviolis, <laughs> you know, for for abs. But I think the difference is I train mine to contract. So when I when I train them, I didn't push out or anything. I trained them to be able to contract or or constrict when I wanted them to, which is also going to make them a lot smaller. So there's a difference. But at the end of the day, I think truly, if you just got a big effing waist, yeah, yep. you you it doesn't matter what you freaking do. And a person like yourself, if you just like more of an ectomorph who has muscle, no matter what the fuck you do, you're not. And yep. if you're an endomorph, you're going to just look at you know some type of food and you're going to gain weight. So there's exactly. there's basically a a science behind it, but I really think that there's no way you can go wrong if it's just not meant to be in yeah. your card. So, exactly. you know, just like a lot of people, I mean, um, the great Mike Matarazzo, you know, I had the honor of being able to train with him and hang out with him and call him a friend. I used to always freak out over his calves. He's like, I never train him. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, what? So I then I'm, that's like Billy. Yeah. And I met I his dad. I, I don't, yeah. I, I don't doubt that my calves probably could be better if I trained them but I will say that <coughs> when I was young insane. I trained everything very hard I trained my forms everything and I I will tell you they would pump up hard when I would train them but I don't know that they really grew that that much from specific training you know I, I think that if I really focused on it that I could change them, but my calves were going to be what they look like now. No right. matter what. And, uh, just like a flex Lewis also yep. just freaky chat crass uh, ch calves. And that's from hereditary. So again, I get that question all the time, man, my calves won't grow. I mean, it might not just be in a car for you. Look at the great yeah. Lee Haney arms never got over 21. Yep. You know what I mean? Never, never got over 21, but the separation and the brachialis and all that stuff had put them overboard. And then you have other people like, you know, you consider me like we call gunslingers. It's just naturally in the cards. I don't, you know, really train on hard. Huge so, round biceps. Yeah, it's just, it, it's just, if it's in He hasn't trained at all in three months. Well, not because I haven't wanted to. But I mean, look I at his arms, though. Yeah, That's yeah. what, what like, threw me off. He has striations in his arms when he flexes. They're not, they're not striations. <laughs> I just put the shit in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's good central stuff. I'm telling you, I'm selling it, all right? It's called Flex P. If look it up. We're going to go into, into business on, 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 on <coughs> site injections. I will be the guinea pig on that one. Hell yeah. We experimented with that here. We, we, uh, there's, a, there's a video. It's muscle hypertrophy. That's all it is. It doesn't last. There's a video that we can't, we can't <coughs> use. I wanted to see what all the hoopla was. Yeah. So Josh came in one day. One day I walk into a room and there's like, there's two dudes sticking in with like, what, 20 needles? God yeah. dang. It was crazy. Like, Don't I, ever do anything I've like I've never that. seen anything like it. And I'm just like watching. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? Well, in the days of cycling. I was so fucking sore after that. But my whole None thing was, was you're no, going to think that no, I'm. It was you're, all sight enhancement. Yeah, I wanted uh, to see because it's supposed to make you. Was it in cycling? No, I, I wish. It no, was. Um, that, was, that was a good shit. No, I mean, cycling what was. What was different. that one that I did that first time? It was. Um, I don't. The kid apparently got very butthurt over this, so I don't want to. I'm not going to. Butthurt. Uh, somebody that knows him was like, you know, he, his feelings were really hurt that you talked about that on the radio. I'm like, well, his shit hurt me really bad. Um. <laughs> I don't even remember who it was. I remember you getting hurt really bad, but I can't remember who gave it to you. Well, it was not, um, it was not Nick Trujillo stuff. No, His yeah, stuff no, I it was before that. Um, anyway, needless to say, I, I put a lot, I put like thirty cc's of this stuff into like the, the show body parts, literally. And then I went to train. I went All to the gym. Once. And then left. Yeah, I know I went overboard, but I knew that was going to be the only time I did it. But my whole thing is, and you, you guys are going to think Josh knows the truth that I'm saying this to be just to be funny, but I wanted to do it. So I could learn first to make sure that all you young guys don't fuck yourselves up afterwards. It's true. It's funny because one time we did a podcast and I can't remember the exact words, but it was something like he, he was giving advice on like cycling or, or, or something for uh, prepping for a show. And he was like, you know, you want to 
do it safe. You know, you want to, you want to make sure that you don't do this. You don't want to risk that. And then the very next question, he's like, so I, I was training for a show and you know, when I'm training for the show, it doesn't really matter if I die as long as I win. <laughs> like, I was like, you, you just said that in the same breath as be careful. Like, what the fuck do you I've mean? I've met people like that. I mean, it's sports to live for, not to die for. Yep, yeah, that's true. <clears throat> I met this one guy. It's like flex, man, you know. If I was to do a crab pose and win the Olympia and do a crab pose right after that and just pass out and die, I'd be in heaven. I'm like, dude, you wouldn't be in heaven. You'd be somewhere. I mean, but it's... That, see, that's it's probably more about, like a waiting room. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem with this sport. Everybody can do this sport. It doesn't mean that this sport is meant for you to do. I mean, you know, if you want to just be the best body you can possibly be, that's great. You know, but to take it to a different level, this sport isn't meant to be mm -hmm. for everyone. But everyone can go in a gym and train. Yeah. Hence, they think they can be a bodybuilder. Just like now in the youth fat would just you know, hardcore training and deadlifting. You see everybody and their grandmother in their deadlifting. Everyone's shows. deadlifting like, now. My and I have, I have loyal followers that are all about the deadlifts right now. I still love you guys. But it's just, I mean, you know, just because you can deadlift on me, you're going to be the next power lifter. So, I mean, like, yeah. honestly, I, uh, I, for a while when I was younger and really wanted to get bigger, I, I thought that you had to deadlift to be a, a big, strong never motherfucker. Never. I thought you had to. I started out as a power lifter. So in my teens, I was deadlifting. And then once I got into, you know, serious bodybuilding, I, I would <coughs> I would do rack pulls on occasion to finish yeah. my back workouts. Yeah, yeah. It's just pure back, you know. Yeah. Um, and those. I would do Romanian deadlifts or stiff legs. Yeah, I'd do those. Yeah, that's but all. not not a conventional or no. sumo powerlifting stuff. Yeah, I couldn't handle it. I mean, it was just too much on my my uh, waistline. Your waist I mean, is so small; it's not well, made to be back then. Uh, now it's a little bigger. You know. <laughs> I thought it was like you know, even if you were, if you were a big dude and you, you yeah. could bench four or five, but you didn't deadlift, oh, you're a pussy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I thought that's how it was. So like, I wanted to get my deadlift up real real bad, and and I I started deadlifting, started deadlifting, and I got up to four or five, and I blew my inguinal hernia out, and then I, I had to sit on a couch for six fucking weeks. I was like, well, I'm never gonna do that shit again. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck did I just I do? I was gonna get too big. Yeah, exactly. I thought I was like, man, if I don't do this, <coughs> if I'm this big, never doing deadlifts. If I just started deadlifts and I get so much bigger, Dude, and really it got me smaller. I do do deadlifts every blue moon. Yeah, this cocksucker is strong as shit. <laughs> he got youth. He got youth on his side, every though. Blue you know, moon, at the end of the day, is is bodybuilding for a reason. Bodybuilding, you're building your body, so you got to train every muscle group to grow, not yeah. deadlifts and bench press and squat. You got to train everything. Do all the fucking movements at the end of the day. <laughs> there you go. Don't use excuses to skip out on other shit. Exactly. All right, so the next question uh, comes from our boy Mike Peskin again. He says, first off, I want to thank you all for your all advice this year. As of today, 12, 13, 8 days out of the cyber show, I have lost 40 pounds. My question wow, is regarding water loading versus dehydration going into showtime. What is the question, though? My question is regarding water oh, which loading. one to go for? <laughs> everybody, everybody fucks this up at the end. Excuse my language. So, <laughs> guys, if you've been drinking a gallon of water a day every day, why would you stop drinking water at the end? I don't understand. I, I have people that tell me they're like, I stopped drinking water on Thursday. I look so good on Friday morning, but by Saturday I look terrible. But I wonder why. Your whole body is made of water. We're almost eighty percent water. So pulling water out is a tremendous mistake and people always think i'm trying to sabotage them they're like don't pull my water out i'm like listen this is the way that i have found has been the most successful way for a number of people leading into a show for starters you've got to be in shape already if you're not in shape a week out all these fucking tricks of pulling all the water gimmicks off. aren't going to work anyway so you've got to be in shape i could take probably 80 percent of the population 
and have success doing this. Around Monday or Tuesday, if the show is on a Saturday, you should be pretty fucking depleted. Excuse my language, right? And the average person will start carving up somewhere around Wednesday and Thursday. Now, I myself always drank around around a gallon. I wasn't one of these crazy people that drinks three, three gallons a day. I know girls that do it. Hey, if you're doing it, you're doing it. Have fun pissing. When you're getting yeah. into the show and you're used to drinking three gallons or like me, one, any changes <laughs> up or down are going to throw something at your body. So I did five gallons a day. Five gallons? Really? Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. You can actually die from that, ladies and gentlemen. Dude, you I thought can. two gallons a day was torture. Oh, yeah. my God. And you know what? It got to the point that I would be thirsty and I have to do Yeah, of course. Because your you're body gets so used. Out my so lips yes, would be yeah. white and everything. Yeah. That whatever. I kept gallons in. Uh, I kept empty gallons in a car because I just... I would just proud a leak, you know, just every five seconds. That's but crazy. Gallon, probably like every two hours. I made so it was it was it was it was balanced. So do you think there was a correlation to that with your kidney? No, because I have FSGS, no, so I don't think it's, it's secreted from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um. So my thing was, I wanted to over 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 hydrate my body to the point where I'm just like pissing like a log, and it it was. I mean, literally, I couldn't drive ten minutes. What out having a pee so bad? If I didn't have something in the car, I'd pee on myself. <laughs> I mean, uh, literally. But well, where's it gonna go? Yeah. yeah no <laughs> so your body's so used to ingesting so much water, you're actually overhydrated. Right. So it's just pushing hard, pushing really hard. So back in our days, we did drop our water. So my thought was, you know, it, it takes about 24 hours for me to realize, or my body to realize, what did I just do? So if for three months I'm pushing water so effing hard that my body's used to it, within 24 hours is this going to figure it out. So it's going to still push hard, not even with my diuretics and being ingested yet, where I'm going to be dehydrated already. So then I would add just whatever I'd use as far as a diuretic, and I'd be bone dry. Hmm. <clears throat> that. And again, what you're saying and what still, I'm saying is different. That still makes sense to me. What, if you can drink five gallons. Yes. So, <laughs> if, so here's if you're not drinking five gallons, let's say you're drinking <laughs> one or two. Right. This is something that's important if you understand digestion the way that I do and you understand the human body. When you start to eat carbohydrates, <coughs> so many people start carbing up for their shows. So when you start mm. to eat carbohydrates, more water is required for digestion. And if there isn't enough water there, there will be issues with digestion, and you also won't be able to saturate the muscles the right way. So for that reason, let's just say to make the explanation and the math easy, let's just say that we're going to start carving up on Wednesday. So we have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and the show is on Saturday. If I was drinking a gallon up to Wednesday, I would increase it to somewhere between 1.25 and 1.5 gallons to make room for those carbs that are coming in so I can push those carbs into the muscles and keep flushing the way I want to. Then on Thursday and Friday, depending on if I was eating more, the same, or less carbs, I would still keep that water high, maybe even higher. So oftentimes by Friday, if I was carving up a little higher, I would be at two gallons of water at that point. Now my body is going to be really cycling it out because it's an excess. I'm a gallon more than I was drinking just three or four days ago. So it's ago. doing a push. So it's pushing out. Mm-hmm. When I go to bed, if it's 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, I know in my head I'm probably not going to be on stage until, let's say, 10, 11, 12 the next day, right? If that's the case, I go to sleep, and that's when my water stops. Now, most of you will always wake up pretty fucking dry in the morning. So when I woke up in the morning, I should at that point be very, very, very dry. Now, if I woke up and I felt flat, well, you can eat all the food in the world that you want, but you're probably not going to fill back out unless you add a little bit of water in. This is something that I also see people really screw themselves up at. 
because they get nervous and then they start drinking weird shit backstage. I've seen people drinking like Gatorade and stuff because they felt like they were flat or they were cramping and they're trying to fill out. That is not going to be the way to go either. So when you actually eat the food, if you're that concerned, that's when you want to ingest that water specifically for for hydration and shutting, shuttling (coughs) the carbs in. But when you wake up, look at yourself each day as the week goes on, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you should look really dry in the morning. So you should be good at that point. You should have to do anything weird. That's how I've, I've done it very successfully with, with, I've worked with way more women than men over the years. I find that women are a lot more difficult to deal wrong with. with that. Um, you wait a minute, you more, work with more what? Women? Way than, more women than men. Uh, hey, I mean, you know. That's the goal. Yeah. But you don't want to really start confusing yourself at the end. So if anything, adding in more water is going to be a better way to go to Friday than I've seen people that are like, I don't know where, where who starts these protocols. But I, like, I had somebody recently that was like, you know, Wednesday I drink three gallons. And then on Thursday I drink a liter. And then on Friday, Friday I drink a Poland spring bottle. I'm like, who who's, came up with that one? You know, spring bottle. Some crazy, crazy, the little ones. The and little, then like, the day of the ones. show I have a shot glass. <laughs> okay. Another thing about that is I didn't carb up. So my carb well, up that's gonna like, be, yeah, yeah, that's going to yeah. be. And I, I have also talked to a number of, of bodybuilders now that have told me that they don't carb up either. I couldn't. So I would go zero carbs for like a month. So my carb up would be like Wednesday I get like a uh, like one spoonful of oatmeal. And then maybe on Friday I get like two spoonsful of, of oatmeal. Wow. And that would be my you know, that is my very, carb up. Yeah. Don't complain all you people out there that are not getting enough carbs now that you heard that. <coughs> and I would just are like you nervous like, right now, Keon? No, nah, I'm not nervous. But, You're you not know, nervous about eating just a, a tablespoon of oatmeal? At the but end? That, like oh, you just okay, said, okay. every everyone is different. You can't. I can't take what worked on me and, and apply force it on him. Yeah, I have to apply to him what's going to work it's on like him. It's like tuning a car. Yeah, every exactly. person's A hundred percent. Because we're car guys. A hundred percent. Your tune isn't going to fit my tune. Right. I got to build one that fits you. Yeah, yeah. PJ's like, I just put two, two twin turbos in there. Shit. <laughs> 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 All right. This next one says, my beloved PJ and Colonel. Come Colonel. January, I'm oh, the Colonel. Okay. Yeah. I, I was trying to, when I originally started growing the beard, I just had a goal of getting it to look as close to a Civil War general as possible, <laughs> and we ended up coming up with the Colonel. So it says, come January, I'm about to do a pretty badass stack, and I'm very excited for it. For 12, I will do six Brutal Force each day, four Abnormal, and three Halo Elite. <laughs> also doing other standard things like Glycolog, Gear Support, Hype, Hype Extreme, Dust V2, you know the works. My question is, should I add anything to this? After listening to our boy Dragon, I was thinking about throwing in EpiCat and twice the dosage of Recomp. I would love to hear your thoughts. Sometimes I get totally carried away and just throw away, throw everything at the wall, so this could be redundant. My goals are to get built but still have a, a solid cardio base. Let me know what you think. With all of my love, Benny. <coughs> That's a lot of brutal force. For who? I, I mean, I well, no, I, I know that <laughs> ma- many of you go high on the brutal force. So my whole thing is make sure that you have eradicate, and and you're probably going to need a higher dose of eradicate because all that brutal force is going to aromatize. You could also just drop it to four brutal force and throw in two methoquad and take the eradicate. You'd be yeah. I think that may be the the smarter way to go. I think that'd be that's, a better advice. So uh, everything else I like, um, but the brutal force at six I think is is a little bit of overkill. There's a point, guys, when it comes to how much you're going to get out of your androgen receptors. We've talked about this before. You know, people think, all right, if I'm doing 1,000 milligrams a test, I bet you I'll get way bigger if I do 2,000. I wonder what will happen if I do 5,000. This is why we Fuck see it, let's just take 10,000 in the sport. No, it's fucking, you know? let me just mainline it and yeah. have an IV drip, you yeah. know, constantly. IV drip while I'm pumping <laughs> yeah. chest today. So, 
I would say, like Josh said, to, to cut down the brutal force. I, everything else, I think, is fine. Because then, if you if you cut down to four brutal force and take two methaquad instead, you'll get almost as much brutal force. You'll get chosen one a little more abnormal, and you'll get the androsterone and the uh, uh, eradicate in there as well. Are you people on the live saying that he should do the six? I'm reading somebody wrote hell not six with a question mark. Or are you saying that's just insane? We'll see. We'll, we'll, that, I just glanced over that and saw. By the way, there's a bunch of people that are saying hi to Flex, of course, that see him here. Um, we're not ignoring you guys. You guys will all be able to, Jared says do the six. You guys will all be able to <laughs> listen to this podcast tomorrow. It'll be out tomorrow afternoon sometime. Um, what time it will be out? I don't know, but I will make the announcement. Uh, and also, by the way, if you guys are on here right now, you better hurry the, the hell up because I'm going to look at the DMs soon. If you want to ask, flex a specific question or if you want to ask Keon a specific question I will be looking at those DMs pretty soon because we're going through our questions now I'm going to shut you guys off too when I do that and we're almost isn't done. it crazy um, people think if they throw more they're going to get more yep. um, you know it's I tell people this like you know if, if you have a couple shots of vodka and you feel good you have five shots of vodka and you get drunk and you have ten shots of vodka and you throw up and you have twenty and you die and it, you know Without being so dramatic, you know, you can get very good results on a shot of testosterone. You're going to get more bodybuildery results if you do two. But if you start doing 10, then you start get putting sick. yourself in position to get sick or end up like many of these guys that died. When I was young, nobody was dying. Mm. So everybody was like, oh, let's just take more steroids. None of these guys died. Then all of a sudden, people started Boom. losing organs, Boom. having heart attacks, dying. Because <laughs> they don't want to train. And, right? the, and the, 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 you know, now all of a sudden, all of the guys that were like, oh, I'm going to take more, are like, yeah, maybe, maybe we should – educate ourselves about training and nutrition and not go as crazy because they don't want to train hard and be patient they don't understand that it takes a while i, I think I, everyone wants to, <laughs> to, to, to take up hill or shot to, to, to get to the the end as fast as they can and i think it's a mix of those things and the fact that in today's society and day and age because of social media and because of movies and tv and shit like that people like not in the industry that don't go to the gym really that aren't part of this lifestyle like, you know, you see a Honda Civic and then you see, you know, your F12 and they're like, oh, it's like a car on steroids. Mm -hmm. That's like the the overall, like yeah. anything that's better or to or, the extreme yeah, is on steroids. steroids. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? That's like the, the overall, like general cool, consensus yeah. of the term. So then you take those people, you put them in the gym, you get them a little bit more meat heady and then you put some yeah. juice in them. They're like, oh, well, I'll just take steroids on my steroids and yeah. put my steroids with my steroids and take more steroids. You know, we've all met, I'm sure. Flex has probably met the most people that have been like, oh, I could look like that if I took steroids. I mean, oh, no, you can't. No, all. you fucking can't. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's it's it's unfortunate. But, you know, listen, I said this to my parents when I was very young. I competed as a, a drug free powerlifter in the AAU. Right. But I wanted to be a bodybuilder. When I was ready to bodybuild, I did my very first show drug free. And then I knew, OK, I have to take drugs. I'm not going to be what I want to be without the drugs. But here's the deal. If I could. And if everybody else was also drug-free, I would have competed drug-free the whole time. We, it would have all been fair. Mm -hmm. But I knew that other people were doing other things, so I wanted to have the same level playing field as they did. And that is why I did steroids. Now, years later, I like the way I feel on HRT testosterone because I'm using it medicinally as a tool to, to keep myself, what I think, alive longer. Now, if I start saying, hey, doc... Maybe let's triple my doses of stuff. Then I'm getting into an excess, which is what many bodybuilders do. Now you're starting to risk your health again. So there is a reason why most bodybuilders are doing things. Now there's also, I could say on the other side, there's people that are taking steroids just because they don't give a fuck about bodybuilding. They just want to get big, fast, and impress chicks. Right. And those are the ones that often do things very wrong. It's more of them. And end up getting a bunch of gyno. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that is a... Uh... 
definitely what it comes down to is people thinking that more is better. And if it's not more hard work, it's not always better. No. Well, I mean, look at us, though. We, we, we are all also examples of that because, you know, we have this great product. Halo Elite, right? <laughs> and I take and six three, of them, yeah. three pills works awesome. So one day, somebody, might have been Josh, was like, it was me. you should try six pills. So what did I do? I went home and tried six pills, and six pills is awesome. I do six before every workout now. <laughs> and then in I went and like, fact, I actually, so my partner Jared and I, most of our conversations are pretty much business, right? But after that, I, I sent him the longest text message, and I was like, bro, I've taken every steroid there is at this point, and I cannot fucking believe, excuse my language, how good Halo Elite is from, from a goddamn plant. How did you do this? I was like, I was like, I'm sitting here like <laughs> applauding you. This is like, I think top five best products we've ever put out, and it came from a damn plant. It's safe, and uh, it's growing in my backyard. So me getting that excited about it, then everybody else was like, well, what if we took like nine? What if we take twelve? And that's just the nature of the beast when you're doing mm-hmm. what we do. It's 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 like okay, well, if I am eating 400 grams of protein a day and I'm 250 pounds, maybe if I eat 800, I can get to 300 pounds. It's like a drug addict taking a high, chasing a high. Yeah, never exactly. get that same mm-hmm. feeling after a while. Exactly. You know, it's just like and you're setting your receptors off. Yep, that's that's the the, the key is that your receptors. What I said in the beginning before I rambled like I always do is your receptors <laughs> can only handle so much, guys. Right. Exactly. So we'll leave it there. Uh, next one says. Um, this one's going to be good because I don't know if you've like seen this, but this is probably going to blow your mind if you haven't heard about it. <laughs> um, this one is from our boy Jake Moore. Okay. And it says, hey, PJ, I wanted to update you on my next adventure. I'm the guy who rode cross oh country on his bike. Yes. This is a real story. This is not a joke. I'll be traveling to San Francisco from Indiana in February, and I plan to redo a minivan and live out of the back van life. (laughs) Rent and cost of living is stupid expensive, and I'll only be there for a month. Then I fly to Ghana for 10 days, and I'll be back stateside for six weeks before a four-month stint in Ghana. I was wondering if it is okay to use Blackstone Labs logo on the side of the van publicly, publicly all across the country. Also, would it be possible if Blackstone Labs could help me stock a suitcase and the back of the van full of BSL subs? <laughs> I am working with Brash to do a decal and minivan video and mini video series of being fit and active on the road. I also want to help wow. BSL World Tour and take it to West Africa. I'll be back for the Arnold with the bike and minivan. I have a much large I have much larger and bigger plans for the future, but we'll explain more in person. Oh, if you ride the bike here with a suitcase, I will for free fill that suitcase up. So we He's gotta tell motorcycle? Flex what, what he did. He's on a motorcycle? No. On a fucking a bicycle. bicycle. Excuse my language. Cross country. He broke the Guinness Book of World Records riding his bike across the United States and he wanted to end it here at Blackstone. Labs. How long did it take him? Days. Days. Wow. No, it took him weeks. I mean like that's still there's days in there. Eric <laughs> Right? I mean wow. somebody in here will know. Days make it up was, weeks. It was might have been was it months no it has to be it was a long ass time how long did it take to the kid to ride his bike across the united states and end here it was yeah. it was like that sounds about right i think it was like closer to a month we'll find out later more than a month, i think he was planning on it being closer to two weeks but then he got a, a lot well, of flat got, tires like, he got shit. flat tires got hit by a car at one point this kid showed up. He had a cast on. He was burned from being out in the sun. Yeah, he for showed so up long. looking like he had literally just been sautéed by the this sun. This was a question that came into the podcast that we thought was like a stupid joke. So he was like, "What products would I use to ride my bike across the United States?" And we started joking about it. We're like, "Oh yeah, you're gonna ride your bike across the country <laughs> with a motorcycle or whatever you're counting is cross country bike ride." And he writes back, he's like, "No, for real. Like, I'm trying to wow. put some Formula 19 in the Camelback and ride my bicycle across the country." We were like, "Holy shit." Wow. 
and he did it. So he's in the Guinness Book of World Records. And um, me so too. Now, now you are too for the best uh, the best start ever to your career. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and that. And that. <laughs> Sorry, Mendingo. My imagination. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> um, did I get water is cold and deep. Oh, so anyway, if you're doing it on a, on a van, by all means, come back here, please. Oh we we, uh, we love that. That was a great story. We have that video out there. So That's amazing, bro. Props to you. That's incredible. Yeah, That's he literally incredible. just and, and use the logo in, in Ghana, too. I want, I want to be exposed everywhere. All right. And it, it, I will say that at the bottom of this question, it does say best Jacob Moore, Director Scholarship Africa, hashtag 5,000 miles for 500 scholars. We get, I, do, I donated to that too. He was all happy. That was a nice surprise that, at the end. That's amazing. Jeez. Next one comes from our boy Austin Phillips. He said, what's up, PJ and Josh? This is a question that's been on my mind for quite some time, and I've just been neglecting to ask. I love Austin Phillips, <clears throat> What is your opinion on bodybuilders who do ballet or even yoga to improve flexibility or aid in their posing routines? Mm. Thinking back to the Olympia, I remember watching Breon Ansley do his posing routine and being amazed. And I could have sworn I heard someone behind me mention that he does ballet. I feel like I've also heard this before with Kai Green, which wouldn't surprise me since I've always been blown away by his posing routines considering how absolutely massive he is. Thanks for your time. Hope you all have an awesome day. Before I answer this, I'd like to go in this particular order. I'd like to hear Keon answer this, who's new to posing. And then I want to hear Flex, who's I thought was one of the greatest posers ever. So let's, uh, Keon, why don't you answer that first? I feel like that would be very important for us with posing. So you're going to take ballet lessons? I definitely would take ballet lessons, yeah. It helps with flow. You you can't be stiff to do ballet, Mm. right? No. Are you a good dancer? I can dance. I have rhythm. Most black people have rhythm. Most I don't. I can't dance. I can dance sitting in a chair. I can do any move in the world. Just lean back. That's all you need to do. If you got rhythm, though, I feel like you have an advantage to pose. Mm -hmm. That's that's my opinion. I would agree with that. Yeah. So I don't know if PJ has rhythm, but I know I do. I got a little bit of rhythm for that. I've seen his posing. PJ got some rhythm. But yeah, so I think ballet or yoga or anything would be great for what he's trying to do. I think I think that would help a lot. What you think, Flex? Um. Anything that's going to help you better at your craft, I say do it, you know, within reason. You know, you go back to Arnold, there's literally pictures of Arnold and Franco in ballet being taught by girls on how to uh, pose and stuff like that. You know, Arnold came out in an interview and said that he did that for the attention. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. He was always, like, on top of getting people to look at him. Uh, So he felt, he said he knew that people would talk about it. And so mm. he he told the girl, I want to start doing this with you. Mm. I mean, I'm sure it did help him. Mm. Um, Double benefit. As far as me, I, my, my flexibility came from martial arts of all that, but I, I always knew that I wanted to be different. I wanted to I always thought about ballet because I look at them and how graceful they are and how they, in martial arts, we talk about taking to the air, and that's when you can almost like fly through the air. And so how they, when they jump up, it's just like they're just flying, gliding. So for me, I always wanted to be extremely muscular and big, but just move like a ballet, move like water gracefully and just be different from everyone. So... Definitely, man. I mean, whatever it takes for you to, to be better at your craft, of course you should do it. And my answer to that is I think the ballet can absolutely help you be more fluid. I think that yoga done the wrong way can actually injure you. And I am somebody that has been injured doing yoga before. So if you're a big, stiff person and you just go start throwing yoga at your body and start bending into those weird positions, you can absolutely pull muscles, tear muscles. Ballet is much different. That's what she said. <laughs> Ballet is much different. You're, you're, you're learning to be fluid where although you have to be fluid in yoga, 
getting into those positions when you're very stiff and you're not used to stretching like that can absolutely tear muscles. Yeah. I think we need to start a once a month segment of uh, having him be, be a guest <laughs> star agree. on the video. I'm like so, we'll put I'm, him on the screen. Good, goodbye to all the people on the live because I'm going to go and see if there's DMs from you guys. Hmm. Sapphire Fitness says yoga has helped me very much with not only flowing positions, back <coughs> and recovery. I, I, I'm not bashing yoga, guys, by, by all means. I'm just saying if you're somebody that's very stiff, and I'm not the only person that's got hurt, uh, you know, trying yoga later in life very stiff it's something that you can absolutely get hurt on you you've got to be prepared for what you're doing i took Beacom. i did Beacom yoga before that's the, the hot, hot, mm-hmm. hot one right yeah. yeah i met the family when i was in india and they gave me like a sponsorship to go do you know the guy that started that um the bikram yoga guy you know he's like a sex addict like there's all this stuff about how he's like i, I watched this thing about how he's like fucked like thousands of yoga girls because he's like a master to them and he so so he goes like oh, he has yeah. these big things um, you're gonna laugh. I'll I wonder find if he has a later. book. Uh, the dude's loaded. He's like a bazillionaire from this now. Well, I need his book. Like, Shit. like literally hundreds <laughs> of girls will go to meet him, and they do these giant like group yoga sessions. And there's a bunch of girls that came out, of course, and said that he was like inappropriate with them and this and that. And in the interviews, he actually doesn't really deny having sex with a lot of women because it's all part of the energy. They're on the same like energy field. It takes two. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I or twenty, whatever their thing was. You know, oh, whatever. It That's is. probably yeah. what it was. You hear that all the time. All you athletes, blah blah blah, but. It takes two. So I know for a fact that it's not the athlete. And and also I know for a fact that women makes that decision. I don't care how good looking you are, how much you got game or this, that, and other. She makes the decision whether it's happened. Therefore, she's in charge. Just like you do if she's coming on to you. Yeah, exactly. Or she relinquishes that. Did did the Bikram yoga people ever try to do anything to you? (laughs) She's super hot at that. All right, guys, let me go pull up the DMs and see what's in there. You know that I'll always be on the live. Thank you, Keon. Boom. Thank you, Flex. Colonel, you all know him. Claudia, give her some love. All right, let's let's see what's in there. We got one more question here. Oh, uh, well, we'll give them time to get it in. Get it in if you have questions. Dragon, what's up? This one says, hey, guys, I've been listening to the podcast since it started and following Blackstone since Jason Genova days. Since I'm going through a difficult breakup with a significant other of five years, I want some advice from PJ since he recovered from his. How tough was it? How long did it take to be yourself again? Being in the same house that you bought together must have been tough because it brings back memories. Thank you guys for the podcast. Hugo. Um, my divorce, I have to answer that a, a, a specific way because it's, I can answer it really easily or I can answer it really fast, but I don't know if that'll give you like the right, like closure. Yeah. So I did not want to get a divorce, which many people I'm sure don't. Um, I wanted to make it work. Even when I had found out that my wife cheated on me and my heart was so broken, I just didn't want to give up because I felt in many ways like a failure. Like, why couldn't I do this right? You know, like why, why? And, um, my heart was was devastated over it, but I, I couldn't even, when I went to the attorney, I couldn't even sign the papers. I, I She actually went and wound up filing after that because I didn't go through with it. I think once I said, hey, I went there today to do the papers, but I just couldn't do it, I'm sorry. That, that made her be like, fine, I'll do She's it. She's like, I'll do this. So I said I was gonna keep it amicable to her in the beginning and it, w- it was nothing like that at all. And it, it just kept getting progressively worse and worse and worse. So I got into a very, very deep state of depression, which we've talked about on here before. And so at the end, I turned into a hermit where I didn't even want to 
you know, leave my house. And one of the big things that would that would bother me, right, is I would be sitting there and, and the littlest thing, like somebody would say, like, you're such a nice guy. I started hating hearing that, right? Started fucking hating hearing that. And finally, there was a girl that I knew no, for, nice for a long time. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, fi- finally, there was a girl that I knew for a long time that was like, you're like the best guy I ever met. And I just started crying. And um, she was like, oh, my God, uh, why, what's wrong? And, and I was like, at that point, I was so, like, stressed out over the divorce. And I said, you know how many people tell me that? But if that is the case, if I really am such a good guy, why doesn't this girl love me anymore? I don't understand. Like, why doesn't she love me? What, what did I do wrong? What's going to be better out there than what I've been trying to offer her? I want to know. I, I have to know. I wish that she could tell me what's the better part, you know? Like, what is better than this? Better. I need to know. What have I not done? And I finally learned. I went into therapy for a little while. I finally learned that nothing was going to be better for her because mm-hmm. it was within her. Mm-hmm. Now, later on, I'm actually able to accept that about her. Like, no matter what I did, I get, I bought this girl a car every fucking year. It didn't matter. That wasn't going to matter. I, I, I uh, put her, her brother through college. I bought her mom a house. I did all these things. I couldn't buy the girl's happiness, so I showered her with affection. That wasn't enough, you know? I started a company for her. That wasn't enough. Nothing was ever going to work. And that was within her. And maybe someday she'll be able to be truly happy, and maybe then she'll be able to love. So I finally got to a point where I finally felt like I could understand that and let go of it. And it took me a long time. It took me over a year. And really, the biggest thing that saved me, and everybody else is going to have to figure out what it is that's going to save them. It wasn't drinking myself into a fucking coma. And I I don't want it to be this dramatic for everybody, but it was almost dying. So when Mm -hmm. I was in the hospital and I was incoherent but I could hear them say to my mom my mom was holding my hand and I heard them say you know he he may not make it tonight and I did make it so although I was in the hospital for six days I made it and I I had this epiphany because that was probably the longest period that I've been sober in a long time and I was like man I I love my life you know I have like a great mom and awesome dad and like a really good uh company like how could I throw that all away um for a girl and I'm going to try really hard to not get emotional right now. But I thought about something in my head that I'll, I really don't ever want to think about ever again. I thought about my mom's face mm. when she was looking at me in my coffin. Mm. And I think it would be so fucked up of me to do that to my mom, who's been such an amazing woman. And that alone, as well as all the other people that I, I know that, I, that I, I would do that to, was enough to fucking be like, man, you got a, way too much to live for. And that was when I, I had the same conversation with my very, very close friend, Jake Estall. He's known me longer than anyone. And he goes, you know what you just need to do, bro? Just go back to bodybuilding. He's like, don't compete. But you were you were who you're supposed <coughs> to be when you were bodybuilding. That regimen, that's just what you do. That's how you thrive. And I, 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 uh, I thought about it really hard. And the doctors, they were like, we want you at least 10 days in the house. When I got out of the hospital, the first thing I fucking did was put it's on a suit. Tune. And I came here. I came here and I apologized to David. I apologized to my dad and I let everybody know that I'm back. And then Fabian brought Victor Martinez here. And I hadn't seen him in forever, right? And um, Victor still looks very good. You know, he's, he's, he's still, good. still super jacked. <laughs> yeah. And um, I was talking to those guys about everything and Victor Martinez was like, you can go to the gym today. And Fabian was like, yes, my brother, they do not know you. You're not a regular guy. Go to the gym today. 
And I was looking at Victor, and I, just, I was actually staring at his fucking arm. And I was like, man, I used to be kind of like that, you know? Like, what the fuck did I do to myself this past year? And I went to the gym that day, and it felt very good. And then I went the next day, the next day, the next day. Fast forward to now, 12 months later, I am totally sober all this time. I'm in fantastic shape. My blood work looks awesome. I'm the healthiest I've been, and I'm really, really happy. So it all went together. But I can say an easy answer to that would be focus on your bodybuilding, right? Focus on something that you love. You know, you're a bodybuilder, you love bodybuilding, that's why you're listening to me. Focus on what you love. A lot of people forget what they love when they're depressed. Yeah. If you're depressed or you just stay at home all day, that's what I did. That only made it worse. That made it way fucking worse. And don't drink alcohol, whether, you, whether you're an alcoholic or not, because alcohol is a depressant. Mm. And when it runs out, you start feeling shitty, so you drink more. It's a very slippery slope. So if you're, if you're in a position where you feel like that depression taking over you, you've got to think in your head, what, what is it that got you there so you can get to the solution? So this, so this particular solution is over a girl. Well, guess what? There's another girl out there that you're going to love in a different way, and it's going to be way better, and she's going to make you feel way better. You just got to get there. We're all going to have different rebounds. I had a rebound. You know, we, we, we all do that. But you got to be true to yourself and, and, and listen to your heart. Some of them are crazier than others. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and, and this happens. Tell yourself this. This is what I told myself, too. This happens to everybody at least one time. If you go through life and you only got your heart broken one time, you're fucking lucky. I've had my heart broken a few times. The last one was definitely the most painful. But it happens. you got to just get your ass back up and, and get back out there and, and, and move on. You either die or you move on. So. And if it's not bodybuilding, focus on work. <clears throat> go drown yourself in work. And the more that Absolutely. you – If you've got time to be sad, you've got time to go to work. The worst thing to do is nothing. And I – I, I was never, I don't believe that I was like, I, I'm, I'm not a, a, you know, a depressed person. I just went through a period of my life that depressed the fuck out of me. Hmm. And I've talked to people that are <laughs> depressed and they've told me the worst thing you can do is nothing. Doing nothing is the worst yeah. thing you can do. You're just going to sit there and make, make it worse. Really yeah. uh, I, I will now listen or look into the DMs. So I escaped that one without tears. Hmm. Um, every now and then we'll, we'll talk about something on here that'll get me really fucking upset. And then people will write me and they're like, I was crying when I was listening to your thing. And I'm like, oh, listen, I didn't want to cry. I didn't know we were going to get to that point. Mm -hmm. But it's cool. I think that's one of the cool things is about what we do on the podcast. It's designed to help people with bodybuilding. Real. But, you no, know, sometimes I, real stuff comes out. I think it's important and, and honestly really cool that, you know, we can have somebody like you and somebody like you that, you know, are such. Babies. Huh? Babies. <laughs> <laughs> that are such big successes and, and have such a following of people that want to be like them that can still get behind a microphone and say, hey, you know. I wanted to kill myself. Like that's not, I, I wanted to not be here before, or, you know, I struggle with it. And it, those are the kinds of things that people get fucked up because of social media, because you, you log into your, your profile and you look at your pictures and then you log into flex Wheeler's profile and you look at his pictures and you're like, damn, why isn't my life this cool? Or you go to PJ's profile and you're like, damn, why don't I drive a Ferrari? Or you go to whoever's profile and you're like, damn, how come I can't eat ice cream and be shredded? And you start <laughs> comparing every aspect of every yeah. day of your life and all the things you don't like. Cause guess what? They ain't posting the shit that they don't like. Yep. They ain't posting mm -hmm. it. So they ain't throwing it in your face. So you don't get to look at that part of their life. So you just start thinking that everything is great all the time and you make yourself even worse and more depressed because you start thinking everybody's life is better than it is and your life is actually shittier than it is. Yeah, I, I say that people, you know, because we're visible, mm -hmm. they see all the glitz and the glory, um, but they don't see any of the uh, grit and the gordy that we have to go through. None of the struggle. Yeah. They only see you at the mountaintop. They don't yeah. see you on the climb up. Um, like, there are actually a few questions in here. Flex. One of them uh, that I just read in the, in the other, I'm going to read OG Fitz next. Uh, the other one that I, that I read that, that uh, we've, I'm going to let Flex this answer this. It's directed to the guys, but since we did legs today, he wants to know what you rec recommend for leg training. 
Um, is there a system? Don't be a pussy. Yeah, yeah I mean. <laughs> yeah, legs are difficult, man. I mean, you just got to be mental about it. Um, I think one of the first things, you just got to be honest uh, with yourself. Uh, you can't get caught up in the numbers as far as how much weight you're moving. Um, but no matter what I do, I believe in, in intensity <clears throat> at all times. I, mean, I believe in 100% output. So 100% output doesn't equal how much weight I'm using. It's, I'm just maximum effort. Uh, no matter what I'm doing, it's just maximum freaking effort. Therefore, I can never fail. So if I go into gym and I, I squat, you know, 10,000 pounds, and I use that because I don't want you to get caught up on a number, but if I go into gym and I squat 10,000 pounds and I did it easily laughing in between sets and this, that, and other, that's not maximum effort. You know, if I go into gym again and I squat 30 pounds and I'm pissing blood and you know, freaking, you know, blood's coming out of my nose or whatever. That's the difference. It's maximum effort. So it doesn't really matter because um, there's so many different movements out there. I think you need to figure out which ones work for you. But uh, as long as you can de demand that maximum effort from you, um, you can't go wrong with that. That's a goddamn good answer. Um, <clears throat> next question, Flex. How does HGH really make everything grow? Like everything. Like penis? If so, does, how does that work? Do Makes it thicker. To, do you have to? It does make it thicker, guys. Do you have to to inject it directly into the shaft? I thought what? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I do it. <laughs> Something else I heard. No, um, no. Uh, how does you know? It was explained to me in layman terms a long time ago that it allows whatever you're using to get a higher percentage out of it. So, if you're using some type of quote-unquote steroid and I normally don't use that terminology because it's so old mm -hmm. I use the terminology yeah, sports technology sports technology medicine because it's so effing technical but anyway <clears throat> the body can't utilize all of it but when you take something like um, GH it helps you use a higher percentage of it um, as far as does it make the penis bigger uh, the penis is just full of um, blood and there's no muscle there but uh, I've had experienced and and heard from people saying that yeah it just makes it you know fuller thicker girth swing that, that swang, I, I don't i swang. don't i don't know any anyone <laughs> that doesn't agree with that too it, it is it is factual i do believe that it's it's increasing blood flow of course down there so um jose canseco's wife uh told the world that that the gh made his penis huge huge so there's a, there's a, there's a misconception out there that uh, bodybuilders have small penises because the steroids shrink your dick. That's not mm. true. It's just make your balls. balls smaller. But which actually makes your dick look bigger. Exactly. <laughs> Who fucking cares how big your balls are? Every now and then I'll, I'll like so I'll meet a girl that's like, oh, that this guy She's had so the biggest balls. Like, who cares? <clears throat> yeah. You know. Yeah. Nope. I've never Will ever. You cram your balls in there when yeah. you're with her. Nope. You know, it's funny is that. Um, Claudia, you don't like just big not balls, even. Either. She doesn't, don't care. Care. Wow. she doesn't even care I if you have care. balls or not. Because they don't do anything. They're just there. <laughs> um, you know, what's interesting is that happens from utilization of, um, of uh, sports technology medicine. But it's almost a necessary evil because when you have incredible quads, uh, it's no room for... It's detrimental to yeah, life. It's, I mean, it, it's... <laughs> <laughs> You know, being off and, and removed from that and, uh, and uh, you know, anyway, yeah. There was so a picture that came out when I was younger. And it was a picture of Tom Prince naked. And um, he had a – his penis was huh? fla his flaccid in the picture. And all of the stuff was, was saying how small his penis was. And – but I was actually defending him 
And I was like, for starters, he's not hard, so he might be a grower, not a shower. <laughs> and he has enormous legs. Like, whatever you put in there, unless it's like 14 inches long. What is he doing posting a picture? It was new? an old picture of him. It was probably one of those, like, you know. Where was it? It was a while ago. It was on the boards. Really? And, uh, wow. it was back, in, back in the days when I was on the boards, which is more than 10 years ago. So. Wow. Um, it was a big deal when, when that came out. <laughs> a big deal or wasn't a big deal? Well, everyone was like, oh, they were they were like, oh, you know, Tom Prince did gay for pay type shit, which standing there naked is, I, I can't consider that, that gay for pay. I don't know if, if the picture was photoshopped or if it was a real picture. I remember it was a big deal back then. Back then, it was a lot different than now because there's no Instagram, there's none of this so shit. So does it matter, really? So Does size matter? What? Yeah. Penis. Does it matter? It doesn't care? Is it, is, do you care more about the motion in the ocean? Then you're good. Boom. Oh, you're very small, okay. so I feel like that size could be a problem for you. So. Uh-uh. Yeah. Oh. We'll have to get David in you, here. He knows. Be, David, no, only David knows. That's no David, that's, way. That's, that's David's girl, so only No way. You'd be, and you'd be amazed by what <laughs> short little petite girls can do. They'll make you feel like uh, real bad about well, yourself. The, yeah. Some of these, some <laughs> of these <laughs> Asian girls can, can take the Houdini or oh something. Oh, my God. Where in the fuck is it going? <laughs> 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 Don't just be taking advantage of me like that, disrespecting me. <laughs> <laughs> Not just that, but I mean, one thing I never understand is anybody that is like considering taking juice and they're like, oh, I don't want to take anything that's going to make my balls smaller. And I'm like, why? And they're like, oh, well, I don't want my balls to get smaller. I'm like, if you ever sat on your nuts, if I could remove that ever happening for me ever again in my yeah. life, I would do it like surgically. Like if I could just never, ever, ever have to have that happen. I was always uncomfortable about that. Uh, being on stage and 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 you know always having to adjust myself on stage because of that you know it's just it's unnerving people so. used to always like crack on me and say that i had a boner when i was on stage but my like a lot of guys their cock like hangs to one side or the other but mine for whatever reason it's the shape of like the way my balls are it hangs like straight over yeah <laughs> so it looks kind of like i'm stuffing like it's not that it's that big because it's, it's it's like maybe a little bigger than average that's it on a good day and some days it's bigger than but others. it sits right out at you so it's kind of like it's right more on the you. forefront so my friends would always be like why do you have a boner on stage I'm like you really fucking think excuse my language that I'm you going think... on stage with a boner with no. all these dudes around me greased up like, like I'd be it. even worse like do you think that's it you think oh so you think <laughs> if you think I can hide it behind that much cloth <laughs> it's an insult bud <laughs> uh, let me see if there's any more questions in here uh, specifically well, boner Spanish, so I can't I can't I can't I can't answer that one here, let's oh, pass this over to her. Oh, yeah. She said, I can answer that. My dream is to be a black swing lab Ooh. Since, uh, Have her contact Fabian. Hmm. Fabian Orozco. He handles give him, give her, Give him the, uh, give uh, him or her the uh, You know what you can do is Instagram. you can, you can, you can, um, hold on, let me pull up that. Send a profile. There's, there's a uh, Instagram for that. Let's see. There's like, Fabian has like nine Instagrams. Um... Type in Blackstone Labs Nicaragua. There is one, isn't there? I'm sure. <laughs> there it is. I knew it. All right, so all you got to do is, is... He's on top of that shit. Is DM BlackstoneLabs.nic and I see. And that will... that will. Uh, oh, there's 274 followers, probably all from Nicaragua, I would assume. So that's how you get a hold of Fabian and he'll take they're care all, of you. you. You look at it, they're really all from like Germany. <laughs> it's just, all, it's, what the it's just Fabian's family. Um, which yeah. probably does have that many people because Spanish people have big families. It's just factual. And Blackstone Labs Mexico is just like all people in Dubai. <laughs> like, wait a minute, Fabian. That is all right. So that is all the questions we've been here for a very, very long time. But before we shut it down, 
We don't have to take too long. But I got to know, do you have just one just crazy story from the heyday of bodybuilding that people may not know that you're okay with telling? That they Lay it don't on know? us. We no, talked no. about it. Um, a lot of people know this story of... I got the one about Mike Tyson. You heard of that one, right? That sounds good. I, I'm pretty sure I've heard that one. There's one, uh, the carjacking one, a lot of people have talked about. Yeah, I've already disclaimed that That's one, though, one. yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so you know, I told the truth about that one already. It's in my my what, DVD. Tell everybody where they can get the, the book and what it's called. Yeah. Um, it's on Amazon. I don't sell it anymore. But you can go to Amazon.com and it's called Flexibility. And then, as far as the other one is a DVD about my life, it's called Dare to Dream. Um, you can go to DareToDream.com. How? Uh, you tell me which what haven't you heard or myth that you heard or whatever that make it more interesting. I mean, a lot of them have been busted already. Yeah, I was just why I was hoping if I could get something new that nobody knew about yet. Secret stuff. <sighs> Sexually, I just can't say because my wife would be. <laughs> what about all right? So we don't have to do anything like that. I don't yeah. want to make her upset either. What about yeah. how about celebrities like involvement with like anything? celebrities? Up no. We'll do that one. Like, we'll you know, Gold's Venice had a lot of like celebrities traded no. out there. We'd have to lock my wife out. No. <laughs> 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 Block on her every time she sees. No. Uh, what's that? Just like, celebrities. I mean, what well, Gold's Gym Venice was full of. That's it. what I'm I mean, saying. It yeah. was. It was amazing back then. I mean, I remember Florent Griffin Jr. You know, Flo coming Joe. in a gym. Um, no, her. Uh, the uh, she was married to her sister, so Florent Griffin Jr. was. Um, the long distance. So, oh, okay. Yeah. I remember her being in a gym and I walked by and she goes, Hey flex, how are you? And I'm like, I almost pissed myself. Cause I'm like, wow, you know me. Um, that you know, being, great. A, being in a gym yeah. and training with Kobe when he first signed with the Lakers and you know, us not really becoming friends, but I would give him like my shirts that I came out like, you know, year 2000 and once again is on and he would trade me his, uh, his brand new shoes that came out. That's cool. <clears throat> That's um, fucking cool. Damn. That was great. You know, Rick Fox, you know, yeah. um, from the Lakers, you know, just hanging out with him and, uh, talking to him, but it, it was great because even some of the, the most incredible actors, when they came into goes gym, it was just normal. It was no, mm -hmm. There was no attitude or anything like that. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, the one basketball player uh, that said he won. Oh, well, obviously the the Rock, you know, no disrespect to him, great guy, but him training in the gym. And um, we used to go and eat breakfast all the time. This is back when he was um, still wrestling, and I didn't really know who he was, but everybody else obviously knew who he was. And so we'd all sit there, and we're all conversing, and I would never say nothing to him because I'm a – a stickler about not talking to somebody you don't know if you're in a crowd you know you're sitting with you know four or five different guys and your friend of all four but not the fifth don't sit there and talk to him like you know him you know like unless he in, you know invites you to a conversation so after a couple of months you know rico you know, like i told you before he's like damn flex why are you such an ass i'm like what he goes you don't even say nothing to the guy you know we're all talking everybody's <laughs> talking to everybody you're talking to everybody but leaving him like i'm like dude i don't know this guy i'm i'm, I'm thinking i'm being respectful you know um, so I see him in the gym again and I walk up to him and I'm like, Hey man, I just want to apologize. He goes, apologize about what flex? I go, you know, just, just being a dick, you know, because I never thought that about you, man. I always thought you were a cool guy. He goes, you know, actually, um, I want to be the next flex wheeler. I'm like, come on, get out of here, man. He knows like, and he gives me that look like I've got a lot of you. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. Uh, but <laughs> it was just, it was just amazing. Those times, um, of just being able to be in what the gym. What stage in his career was he at, at that point? Um, I think he was just exiting uh, wrestling, wrestling at that oh, time. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, being in a gym when Triple H was still in his prime and stuff like that is just and just Triple actors. H is really nice. 
actors um considering you know and even being able to call mickey work uh you know a good friend of That's mine cool. i mean just we would go and just eat and hang out you know and i remember we would ask him all these questions he's just the coolest guy and just just as cool now and i remember asking him uh, that one movie i don't know if anybody remembers but it was called uh was it devil's advocate when um it was an older movie when it was actually like the devil who was making him do all these various different things and uh there was a scene with him sleeping with lisa bonet you know, and we were like, you know, did you? Because it looked he like got they to be with a few hot girls. Over and I'm the like, years. dog, it like looked like you guys. Where he goes, man, I can't say. I go, even for you to fucking say that, <laughs> already says, <laughs> already says, you know how good yeah. that shit was. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, that's it. Was just great. It was just great. Then it was just different. What about you? Don't have to. You, no, names don't need to be said either. Of course, yeah. not throwing anybody. <clears throat> how about a lot of these celebrities? Especially when they get into these action roles, their bodies really change fast. It seems. Yeah, mm. I've, now, ha- I've helped a lot. I believe that you have. I yeah. people always ask me if, if 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 I think that many of them or certain ones are using steroids, and I feel with, that I have enough of a trained eye that when it's not possible, man, that it's just you can't do it without. No, steroids. well, I mean, when they make these transformations, um, you know, going into a movie and you see that they're shredded. Come on, an average person can't do that. The, the one that I was that impressed me the most was Hugh, Hugh Jackman <coughs> in Wolverine. How ridiculous he looked in Wolverine. Yeah. I was like, there's no way. Because he gets pretty skinny when he's not doing stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And also the guy who plays uh, Thor got really, really damn Huge. big. Huge. He got well, so big. You know, he's the world champion now. Not not that, not him. Oh, okay. The actual God of Thunder Thor with the hammer. The oh, Chris, oh, oh. Chris from, from, yeah, Chris Helmsworth. He's yeah. a monster, that guy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah Chris yeah. Helmsworth got way, way, way bigger. Yeah, I can't speak for any of them, but I helped a lot, mm. you know, get in shape for Rosa and stuff cool. like that. So, yeah. Ed Norton in American History X got fucking big, and he is a toothpick. There's no way that you could do that without mm-hmm. being But my thought is that most of those guys, like, you know, in, in the top of that industry, they're not taking trends. Like they're taking something that's like TMG, way more Clear. advanced than what the the average Joe is finding in their gym. Honestly, not really. No, because they're so ignorant. Yeah, you know, meaning lack of knowledge. They're so ignorant to it, they just don't know nothing at all. They're just green. Almost. I remember when UFC started getting involved in working out. You know, the fighters getting in working out and and having um you know actual, not really always bodybuilders, but people from our world helping them get in shape it was just amazing how lack of knowledge it was just about mm-hmm. basic nutrition basic vitamins you know and stuff like that and the way they lost their water like what so even more so so they're they're still an athlete but you have certain actors i mean they just are oblivious to the very just inkling of, of anything you know what i mean it's 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 amazing yeah it's amazing true but no because they have the money so remember <clears throat> they might have, have money to pay for some crazy just that and the other but we all know there's there's no secrets out there there's no there's no drug that's previous to previous to people who just have money or not it, it's they don't exist you okay know what I mean? so i figured that there would probably be like um like i think that um what's the um trust alone acetate that's a generally new kind yeah. of thing right no Very they new. would and the thing about it is you don't have to put them on that because they're so green. You can do things like you can, once a while, once a while yep. and, and, and a low dose freak out. And yeah. Just change Their like body things. instantly yeah, takes exactly. it. True. Especially because the, the actors are going to have access to medical grade stuff because of who they are. <laughs> and I guess that also thought also just comes Not from. Not really. No. A lot of them don't want them to know. 
because it's so quote unquote dark, they don't want the industry to know or even the directors and everything else because they can possibly get in trouble with it. I guess for that, that makes sense too. I do know one of the people that we talked about, and you guys will have to figure it out on your own. I actually use the same doctor uh, as he does for my testosterone. So I know it's good stuff. Um, I would think, though, that like if I'm Steven Spielberg and I just cast you for this role and I'm like, dude, are you going to be able to look in this shape by this time and you look twice as good? I'm be like, yes. Keep taking whatever <laughs> that is, Thor. Yep, exactly. <laughs> but but they just don't want to know. Right. Yeah. Those are the liability of the things. So, True. Yeah. Well, anything else that you want to get out there, Josh, before we shut down? Man, I just I, – I've – just want to touch on again. I'm, it's an honor to sit at a table with three individuals that are as influential and you know very talented at this table. Thank that uh, I don't think that very many people Are get the ability. Me, myself and I. Yeah. Thank you, I was actually referring to Claudia. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I don't think that a lot of people get the chance to sit here and spitball and shoot the shit with people as awesome as you three all the time. So it's been a, a sweet experience to have this conversation with you guys. Thank you. Keon, thank you. A lot of talking I in just, here. I just want to thank for you for having me here. Thank um, you, man. First time ever doing a podcast, mm-hmm. being around the greats. So, um, yeah, I appreciate you, man. Good. For real. For real. Definitely same thing. I mean, um, I'm super excited for what you guys are going to do. Even more so, I don't think I, I've actually done it yet, but thank you for bringing them on your team. Um, thank you. The way you guys are super aggressive about, about what you do is I think it's going to really streamline him and uh, help him a lot. So I appreciate that very much, bro look in your eyes that you brought him on because you didn't have to so thanks so much because it was a big thing to me to try to get him some help because it takes support you know it takes it takes a team to be able to get to where you're at and you know having you behind him is definitely going to help him get to where he can you know possibly be Uh, so thank you so much thank you i appreciate you saying that seeing 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 him in in person doing everything that we did and then i'll let josh close it out after this i say this a lot but at the end of the day I'm a very, very, very big bodybuilding fan. I always will be. And you think? <laughs> so I'll never stop having that youthful like fire in me when it comes to bodybuilding. And I love finding the new guys that are going to be good and seeing how good that they can be. I love to watch. I love to see the progression. I like to see you know, a, a, a young boy grow into a man. You know, And I think that there are so many people out there that if they got in my my position would be so fucking thankful so the last thing i'm going to do is mess mm-hmm. it up and it's just like what you said you know when when you did what it, it took to be the champion and you believe that you were the champion and every day when i wake up with blackstone labs like i wake up with no alarm at five o'clock every fucking day i just get up because i'm ready to do whatever i have to do to make this thing go on forever because i want josh to be putting food on this table forever and my dad Claudia, everybody else in here, and I want to keep on being able to do what I love, which is bodybuilding and everything around it. So I'll always support good people that do what I love. So I believe that he is a very, very good young man. It's an honor for me to be here with you as well. Thank I told you, you that. Bro, I try to not say it too many times. I, I told David I was going to do my best to just remain a professional businessman like I am, and I said I'd probably, uh, like, sway a little bit on the last day. No, nah, bro, I mean – you know, for me, like I said, you know, my story, everybody knowing my story, it's just, it's an honor, you know, to, to walk through a door and not be seen as a black or whatever person, you know, just to, to be seen on my own merits and being able to travel the world, you know, especially with all the crazy crap we got going on with people killing each other. So it's just an honor, you know, sometimes I, I will always, I remember that I'm Kenny Wheeler, you know, from the ghetto and all that stuff, but what it helps me to understand and what I try to push now is, I mean, if I can make it from my circumstances, then, then anybody can. 
and uh, you know you just don't have to give in to your circumstances so just because I'm around robbing and killing and, and raping don't mean I have to become one of those you just have to be bigger than that and um, and just dream you know I've always said you know just dare to dream um, it's just nowadays kids don't even dream anymore they don't even dream like what do you want to be when you grow up they'll look at you like they, they don't even dream anymore and they they, they settle for <clears throat> the environment that they live in is the environment that who they are and who they have to be so um, yeah you just have to demand more from yourself I mean I've always been you know really super hard that I just demand more from myself I mean if I'm in a relationship or I have a friend I demand that they're fucking loyal but you don't demand that from yourself you know, it's so much easier to put all that pressure on someone else. You know, when I, I get in my car, I, you better start, you know. So I've just been overdriven by, you know, that just, just demanding the ultimate best myself. And then understanding just, you know, that's what I can do and that's all I can do. So and, and finding some type of comfort in that. So, yeah, it's just great, you know, um, coming where I come from and just being able to see what I see. I mean, it's just, that's beautiful, man. So, again, you know, even for you and us, us the small conversations and texts that we've been having, you know, throughout the last couple of weeks and learning about you and, and all this stuff. It's, it's just interesting because you never know. Everyone has a story. And, uh, you know, sometimes we're like ships in the night just passing each other, never knowing what this person went through or whatnot, but we're already coming up with an ideal of how they are. And, you know, you don't even know what they've been through. And uh, I think, you know, people are just more interested in cutting their own backyard and leaving, you know, uh, somebody else alone and just handling their own business. No, we'd all do um, a lot better in this world. So, yeah, definitely. But thank oh, yeah. you for having me. Thank you. I, I'm, <clears throat> this is going to be uh, a week that I will I will honestly cherish for the rest of my life because, like you said, kids don't even dream anymore. But I, I I dreamed to be a bodybuilder when I was 12 years old. That's all I ever wow. wanted more than anything in the world. And I had even even into college, girls would come to my room and be like, "Why do you have these guys on the wall?" here why are there not girls on the wall i had flex wheeler on my wall wow. and i had only a couple guys i had paul DeMeo, flex wheeler i i, I tell the story all the time i had paul DeMeo, flex wheeler kevin lebroni and jay cutler wow. and those are the guys that when i was coming up there was just something about what you guys were doing what you were saying and of course the way that you looked you know i, I didn't have ronnie coleman on my wall i knew that he was the best but i just in in my dreams that's not something that i was like saying ronnie's the best no, no, I no, think no, people no, will no. always say argue that, that, that say, Ronnie say it again. was the best. Say it again. You said Ronnie is the best. Good, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> he was good, man. He was good. Because just, but, but to me, because he was the best, that wasn't what was grabbing me. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? You know, a lot of people would make arguments for you or for Kevin, and I, I enjoyed following you guys more. Mm -hmm. And so to now, all these years later, you know, Here we are. 25 years later from when I started, I'm sitting in a, in a room with you. You never know what's going to happen in life, man. Mm -hmm. You just never know. You never know. So just don't give up. You know, you just never know. Look, all this stuff came full circle. I could have been a dick to him. You know what yep. I mean? I could have been a Sean Ray to him. You know, like. <laughs> sure. and we talked about <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I blew you up. Uh, <laughs> but um, you just never know. I think people need to keep that in mind. You know, people that they meet. Um, I think, you know, now people want things from people that's why they meet them and that's Absolutely. what around so. i find all those yeah <laughs> but you never know what's going to happen full circle 10 15 20 years you know later you know one of the things i never did is i never dreamed and and really never thought i'd get out of my 20s so i didn't dream big it was just day to day even as a pro i just never dreamed 
you know, that would be on this. So, you know, that's my, my last advice to everybody is just dream big. Um, what is it? I, I just posted a saying before. Um, fail fast, um, fail quickly, and fail hard so you can succeed harder. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So like he said, basically just have to dream. I'm, so hopefully this can help everybody else that's my age, younger, older. I'm 23. And I've been dreaming for three years and <laughs> my whole life. <laughs> it just don't sound. I don't know if you're going to like enlighten people with that. You know, three three years of dreaming and you're, you're, you're there well, I was, already. I was consistent, though. Yeah. You know, you got to be consistent with your dreams. Don't change it. You got to find what you like, find what you want to do, keep it, stick with it, and do it. And give 200%. And um, my whole life changed in like less than a week. And never thought I'd be experiencing this, but it happened. So at the end of the day, dream. That's all you got to do. Yep. Just like you said, you know, I never in my life would have thought that I'd be sitting here with fucking legends and having this conversation. Old and fuck who hasn't passed away yet. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to read this quote um, properly. So what it says is, fail early, fail fast, fail often in order to succeed sooner. So The truth, too, you, you, you can't learn or grow. Without the without, you know, without yeah, the without willing to um, go hard and fail. I mean, it's something you can learn from that. So Unless you have a great mentor there telling you all their failures and making sure you don't make there the same go. ones yep. so you can learn your own. There you go. <laughs> so uh, this is obviously one of the most influential podcasts in bodybuilding currently, and this has probably been the best one that we have ever done. And I'm real excited for what's coming up here with this project for Blackstone. And I just can't imagine what is going to happen from here on out. I'm telling you that you're going to watch these videos because I admittedly don't watch most of the Blackstone videos. I mean, I'm in most of them, so I don't need to go and watch what I was living already. Right. I will watch all of these videos probably more than once because there's so much good quality information in each video that I think these are going to be the most popular. And, and I'll, I'll tell you this. This is going to... You guys are like, ah, oh, PG's just selling it. Eric told David that these are the best videos that we've done. He told David, Flex is really, really good on the camera. And I think that- Clearly. You should see my home movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I knew it was coming. A lot, a lot <laughs> I knew it was coming. R. Kelly it's don't got shit on me, dog. There's a lot of good <laughs> bodybuilding lessons, life lessons. There's, a, there's very good content <laughs> in these videos. So you guys are gonna make sure you definitely check these out. I will watch all these videos. Yeah, so follow closely, man. The the genetics, the the knowledge, and the powers that be here at Blackstone Labs is going to be a crazy outcome from this project. So we're going to end this thing like we always do with a peace out, bye, and keep your eyes on us.